0: Welcome to episode 129 of the grip strip podcast the championship players edition of the grip strip podcast My name is philip matthew. I'm your host and i'm here with my co-host josh rafine. What's going on brother?
1: Hey, i'm doing great phil. It was an interesting weekend of racing and somehow Kevin harvick has two back-to-back wins after going winless, uh, for nearly two years. So, uh It was an interesting weekend of racing there, and then, you know, of course, we got a lot of other things to talk about uh, upcoming this week, and of course, you know, we got football is back now, and we'll get into the fantasy later, so, you know, ready to get into it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Kevin Harvick, back-to-back victories for him, as you said, a huge, uh, for him, he's really solidified himself now. Two weeks ago, he was in a position where he might not have made the playoffs, and now, he might be one of the favorites for this championship, which is insane. Uh, the Fords had a great week weekend at Richmond this past weekend, so we'll get in all that. The Toyotas also wasn't exactly the greatest day for uh, Chevrolet, uh, but you know it was a better Richmond race than we've seen in recent times. Uh, the strategy was there, like at the spring race, but I think most of the most of the teams uh, subscribed to the one strategy so it didn't really deviate there weren't that many cautions uh there were comers and goers so that was it was actually a good race i i watched basically the whole thing i mean that was the only race in town this weekend really um that was on live uh that we we're at a reasonable time i guess uh so we'll get into the cup race at richmond we'll also get into the trucks at richmond which uh, saw chandler smith add to uh his recent uh swing with another victory and puts himself um, smack dab into the conversation yet again. I mean, he was in the conversation even before Indianapolis, but now getting himself into the round of eight uh, with ease. Now he's trying to get playoff points, get bonus points in the whole bit at Kansas in a few, in a month's time to give himself a better chance to advance to Phoenix uh, in the round in the final four. The roundup will uh, discuss the sole pre for Formula E, the last race of their season, uh, which saw Stoffel Van Dorn become the Formula E world champion. As Mercedes leaves Formula E as a as a constructor um, and a team itself, they're going to sell out to um, McLaren. That team is going to essentially be the McLaren team next year. Uh, which of course, when you consider McLaren and Zach Brown, who knows who's he signed or who he has signed for that uh, opportunity. There's been some other moves in Formula E, uh, but we'll get into them more uh, uh, later on, I guess. NHRA raced at Topeka this past weekend. We'll go through the winners there. Antron Brown gets his first win as a car owner. Um, Troy Coughlin Jr. wins two races in a row in Pro stock trying to insert himself into the mix for the championship. And uh, Joey Gladstone has won two races in a row after never winning before. So Pro Stock Motorcycle getting very interesting. The Knoxville Nationals saw Donnie Schatz come back. He was running sixth at halfway. He ran the Dan- Danny Lesowski line in the second half of the race to go and beat David Gravel, passed him with four laps to go, and become an 11-time winner of the Knoxville Nationals. I had a feeling about Donnie going into this past weekend. He's my, you know, he's my guy in sprint cars other than Rico Abreu. Uh, He's a legend and he's only one Knoxville Nationals win away from tying Steve Kinzer, the king of the world of outlaws. So um, big weekend for Donnie Schatz, for Ford Performance, for Tony Stewart Racing to get that victory there at Knoxville. And we'll preview Moto GP and Moto 2, which will be at Austria Red Bull Ring. Supercars will be at Sandown this coming weekend. Um, you know, there's talks, there's also stuff with the Gen 3, there's the special, the teams that are doing the one offs at Bathurst. We're gonna there's some announcements on that in regards to um those cars on uh, motorsport.com. So we might get into that. We'll uh, preview IndyCars at Gateway Worldwide Technology Raceway. Three races to go in their season. Seven drivers within 58 points of the points lead. So that will be something uh, to look at. It'll be an earlier start. It'll be a mid-evening start. So um, it'll still be warm uh, at Gateway. Uh, It might add to a little bit of the action there. Uh, to see who can come through, who we look at to come through and win uh, as they uh, lead into the final two races, the West Coast Swing at Portland and Laguna to end the season. Cup and Xfinity will race at Watkins Len. Uh, multiple uh, international drivers will be in the Cup race, including one uh, Kimi Raikkonen, the 2007 Formula One world champion, a man who has driven many types of cars. He will be driving for track house racing this weekend in the project 91 car. Um, I'm just here for him doing pre- press conferences. That's really what I'm here for. I know he's going to be fast because he's Kimi Raikkonen um, and he actually seems engaged um, and he'll probably go to the, he'll probably go to the seek um, C- whatever the Watkins Glen, I forget what the big uh, inn they have the, In over there, and he's probably going to go and do his best James Hunt impression, um, either on Saturday or Sunday.
1: Have a lot of beers.
0: Yeah, he's going to get drunk and probably um, get some woman naked. Um, That would only be (laughs) right for um, Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, Mike Rockenfeller, who has won many sports car races, major sports car races, will be making a cup debut. Danny Kvyat will be making his second start for the Hensenberg team. Uh, so there, there's only 39 cars. So there's no issues with, with DNQs or anything. So everyone's going to make the field. So a lot of, uh, road course, uh, aces, and in, in interesting names there. A lot of cup regulars will be in the Xfinity race. Um, so that'll kind of change it up a little bit there. Uh, we'll get into football because there was, uh, games last, this past weekend, uh, Me as a 49er fan, very happy uh, with what I saw. Uh, Josh, this Jacksonville Jaguars, all systems look good for you as well. Didn't hear anything bad. So, I mean, so we're kind of feeling good about that. We also get to talk about uh, the fall brawl league. Josh, of course, is in multiple leagues, but he's in mine. Um, This is the one that uh, uh, matters most to me. Uh, Josh has been really good in it. So we'll get into all that. We're gonna get in we'll do some deep dives in that draft position the whole bit. Josh will talk about uh I racing and other simulators, simulations and games in the sim segment and we'll close the deal. You were gonna say something about uh, Jacksonville there.
1: Yeah, I mean for Jacksonville um on that, uh it was an interesting game. I mean we'll get into it later, but uh satisfied with the first string, uh looks Fairly solid Uh, defense looks like 2017 reminiscent. So uh, excited to see it. But yeah, we'll get into it later.
0: Sorry, I wanted to open it without having without it on the sound. But who cares? Um, It's not a Bush Light, but um, it's something better. But the guy who's sponsored by Bush Light went and won his 60th cup race. Won Kevin Havik. Hav! uh, Won at uh, Richmond. A big victory for him in this spot to go and win the Federated Auto Parts 400. I'm not going to do the acronym that was going around on uh, social media for multiple reasons. He wins a Federated Auto Parts 400 leading uh, the last, what is it? uh, 47 laps of the race and 55 laps total. And his second win of the season, of course, two wins in a row. Christopher bell was probably a turn away uh from pa- passing him with newer tires the Joe Gibbs Racing uh trio had uh went with an alternative strategy going a few laps longer and then pitting Chris Busher or as June Bug likes to call him Christopher Busher, um finished third Christopher Busher actually changed his social media just to go and fit that Christopher Busher yeah,
1: that was pretty good
0: <laughs> yeah cri- you know I mean, it's so good. You you know, Junebug is is mainstream because my mom's like, "Who's that guy with that drawl?" And I'm like, <laughs> "That's that's Junior. That's Ju- who's that one that's really loud and high screen? That's Junior. Yep. And he's going into Christopher Busher, and then he was calling Christopher Bell Chris Bell, and I forget who else he changed their name. I, I'm like, I want him to go like full. Like I want him to go full send. Get the full government of everybody and start saying their full names. I want William Clyde Elliott.
1: William Bubba Wallace. Yeah. Or William Darrell Wallace. And um who else? Yeah. William. Well, William Byron, of course, already goes yeah. by William. So yeah. we're we're gonna go full government Will everywhere.
0: Will Byron. <laughs> yeah, he needs to go full government everywhere. That'd be next level. Uh Dennis Hamlin, fourth, William Clyde Elliott, fifth, uh Gilbert Godfrey Jr. sixth. That Truax kid from Mayetta, New Jersey, 7th. Eric Almarillo, Kyle Busch, and Ryan Blaney round out your top 10. Uh, there were only 11 cars on lead lap at the end of the race. Uh, the lap first two-lap cars and, uh Gumby, Austin Sendrick, and Bubba Walsh did play a part in the end of the race for sure. But, I mean, Kevin Harvick getting that victory. Uh, Logano led the most laps in the race. Chastain led most of the he started second, won the first stage, was dominant in the first stage, and then um got passed by Logano. Logano led essentially the next the better part of the next two hundred twenty laps of the race outside of, you know, pit stop sequences. And then Denny Hamlin or that it was Kevin Harvick passed him there and Hamlin and eventually Kevin Harvick passed him for the victory, but a big day for Ford, big day for Kevin Harvick. He's now well, you know, well uh, inside the cut. He has no problem worrying about making the playoff. Uh, he is now fourth in playoff standings in regards to wins and points. And uh, playoff points I have to get into more. But um, yeah, huge, huge for Kevin Harvick in this spot. Uh, to go and and get that victory. I mean, he needs every. It, it, it was a tale of like two weeks. All so it went from doom and gloom to they might re- they might have a chance. And Christopher Bell, the guy that finished second, is somebody everyone has to look at too.
1: Yeah, it's um, you know interesting with Kevin Harvick. You know, for the whole year, I think the whole storyline was not only him. Uh, being winless but you know also Stuart Haas uh, struggling and today or well not today but yesterday was a a tale of a different story Uh, of course last week Harvick winning but this week not only Harvick was winning but Ford was up front you know Logano was up there Uh, Ryan Blaney was up there for a bit Uh, Chase Briscoe was up there for a bit until uh, he had the issue with his exhaust pipe and then uh, you know fell, I think, one or two laps down uh, towards the end. And, he, you know, he had a good run. Eric Almarola had a good run, too. So uh, a lot of Ford guys had a really good race uh, there this uh, weekend at Richmond. So uh, for, you know, for Kevin Harvick, now at 60 career wins, uh, there's a statistic on social media being shared when he got his 20th win at Richmond uh, back in 2013. Um, it took him 12 years to achieve that. And then since then, he's gone on to achieve... Uh, 60 career wins so it tells you just the amount of winning that he's done since 2013 uh especially after leaving rcr and and going to Stuart haas since joining Stuart haas yeah. yeah it's it's very insane uh and then not only that but if you go back to uh 2010 um you know he had two winless years 2008 2009 since 2010 uh, he's got the most wins in the cup series so there's a very strong case to be made that Kevin Harvick was probably actually the best driver or at least the winningest driver uh of the 2010s uh based on wins at at the least um you know i think you have to also think about um the amount of championships for Kevin Harvick as well he's only got one title but i think he probably uh could say he probably deserved to have at least two more um if you go by the old old system the original system uh, should have won 2010 championship and then uh, the 2015 and 16 titles should have uh, been Kevin Harvick's, you know, if it weren't for the chase and then the uh, playoff resets that they did in uh, you know, the current era that they have now. So um, a strong case to be married there for him being uh, that. And then, um, you know, it's, it's also just like, how does he have, you know, only one championship, you know, and I think same thing for Kyle Busch as well. How does Kyle Busch only have one championship? Well, because of the well, system that we two. have. Yeah, he has two. two because yeah, there's two. Because of
0: this system. He might not have any. I I guess we could go back uh, and Yeah, there's a
1: lot of debate about that too. But yeah. I think Kyle Bush probably could have had maybe one or two if or at least one. But you know, notwithstanding, um, you know, I think both of those guys, you know, for the amount of wins that they have in their careers, um, you have to wonder why they didn't win any more championships and a lot of debate that we can go back and forth on that. But yeah, uh, for, for Harvey, it does show how dominant he's been uh, since then, even, you know, of course had the, the winless streak last year. Uh, But yeah, this was an interesting race. Um, Yeah. Not a whole lot of, uh, you know, physical action. of course the one major incident in the race was Kyle Bush getting chastained in turn three and turn four it 's become a verb now in NASCAR, and uh Kyle was very smart to use that in his post race uh, interview there, so uh, that was uh you know pretty funny uh, to hear him say that um, you know Chastain, you know continued to be aggressive and um, you know he was uh gotten too hot I think into turn one or turn three and four in the middle of that corner and got into Kyle Bush, got into martin drew X uh, so that was the only real major incident there. I think of that race um Uh, you know, the rest of it was basically long green flag runs. Uh, Joey Logano, of course, very dominant throughout the race. Uh, You know, he had a good run for the most part, then faded uh, towards the end. Uh, The broadcast mentioned that seemed to be better on uh, newer tires on shorter runs, but then as the run progressed, you could see him fade And stage two. uh, He started to fade, and Kyle Larson started to close in at the end of stage two, and then on stage three, he was um, in the lead, but then uh, Kevin Harvick was able to catch him on uh, you know before the next to last pit stop and pass him. Uh, and then, of course, he faded away. And then, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Christopher Busher, as Dale Jr. is calling him now, said or was able to uh, catch up to Harvick and then got within probably about a half of a second or less uh, from Harvick, but uh, couldn't get up to him after that. Burned up the tires, uh, couldn't get around laugh traffic. Uh, of course, yeah, Bubba Wallace was kind of in the middle of that as well. Um, I think there were some other drivers involved. Uh, Chris Bell, I think it was was there too. So Cindric, well not no, Cindric Chris Bell, Cindric was there. Chris Bell. I'm thinking yeah. of, yeah, I'm thinking of the other, uh, Toyotas there, but, um, yeah, he ran into lap traffic, uh, in the end. So, uh, Chris Busher couldn't get the win there. And that was honestly for me, the, uh, maybe the bigger shakeup because yeah, Kevin Harvick has two wins now solidifies his spot. There's still only one spot remaining with two spots left or two races left. But if, you know, a guy like Chris Busher had one, then throws everything for a loop. We finally get our 16th winner with two races to go. And, you know, somebody that's not even in the top 20 in points, uh, you know, suddenly in the playoffs. And that would have thrown the uh, playoffs for a real shake up there in, in terms of the lineup. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I think Chris Bisher, Watkins, Glenn, we'll get into it later. But he's good at road courses this year. So there's a good chance that we could see, uh, Chris Buescher get a win at Watkins Glen or possibly even Daytona. He's good there too. So, uh, solid effort all around by the Fords. Uh, I think, um, for the most part, uh, it was a, you know, one of those races where you had to let things play out over the long green flag run. And, um, it does kind of show the demonstrating, uh, the next gen car not being well to pass on short tracks. I think that battle with Harvick and, uh, Logano there to take the lead uh from him, I think that probably could have uh lasted maybe two to three laps in the old car. Whereas this car, you know, he really had to work at it. Um clean air, I think, was definitely a factor uh with, with uh being able to get around him it seemed like it took him about, you know, twenty laps or so to get around uh Joey Logano there, uh, to make that pass, which effectively was for the win uh there. So uh, yeah, that was an a interesting dynamic uh, to the race. And, uh, you know, definitely this was, uh, I think, a pretty solid race uh, for a Richmond short track race in the daytime.
0: And that was one thing, too. You know, they start the race so late, it was sunny at the start of the race, and it you saw s- certain cars up there. And they ran up front and then it got really cloudy and overcast and it seemed like the race changed. It almost became like a night race again at Richmond where you barely could pass. It was very um one groove. I mean there were drivers going to multiple grooves, yeah, when you had newer tires, people passing, but it seemed like you were stuck. And that was something that, you know, I noticed that if they had run the race out two o'clock in the afternoon or you know, if they'd started it maybe an hour and a half earlier, uh, you know, 2.15, maybe we'd have had a little more interesting race. Maybe Kevin Harvick doesn't win it. Maybe Joey Logano's able to stay there uh, because he had a great car when the, when the sun was out. You Blaney complained his car kind of went away, and certain guys, I think, Truex, they're, they're, some of them, their car went away once the cloud cover came along. But Harvick's car became a rocket ship. But really, Harvick was moving up the whole day, um, and he just was being steady, typical Kevin Harvick. And now he's in a position where uh, he's eighth in overall points. He has 10 playoff points, so he's very low, low in regards to the amount of playoff points he has. Um, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six people are ahead of him in regards to that. Um, so he would be seventh, I guess, in regards to the, in regards to playoff points. Um, it shows him as fourth. It shows him as fourth in based on regular season points. Um, but you know, I don't know that's on Jayski, So who knows what, what it'll work out to be. As it stands right now, I mean, you go go back into it. Uh, Ty Gibbs was running all right. I'll go. We'll go bottom up. Uh, Ty Gibbs was running all right in a Jordan Brand uh, number forty-five. They had issues, motor issues, which is rare these days. Eric Jones was running really well, qualified in the top ten, um, got taken out in that Chastain deal. Um, so those are the two cars that fell out of the race reddick had a nightmare of a of a weekend finished 31st spun out by himself early in the race and never really got any momentum it was a horrible weekend i look at my fantasy team i'm just gonna go for whatever michael sanders fantasy team i had jones gibbs and reddick so i had three of the bottom six i wish there was a bonus for picking the shittiest finishers but there isn't um you know cold custard had run well uh for a while or in the race and then he got sent to the back and another person who was running really well and might have had a chance to win was chase briscoe um he was running up front i think essentially the last restart of the race and he was trying to pass kyle larson and um they made contact and they were trying to whatever and that contact was essentially what led to the exhaust fire situation that ended up becoming a disaster may put his car on fire. He went from running in the top five to finishing 23rd, uh, which is just, you know, I, I mean, it's typical. I, I've gotten used to it. I was, it's like Brad, because it, it's one thing for me, it's a, I'm Brisco runs well, And then something always happens. It's like he'll run well early and then he'll shit the bed. In this case, he was running good late. He had one of the best cars he's had all year. He really could have won this race because Harvick won the race. And he was ahead of Harvick. He had track position on him before, you know, the pit, that pits, a couple of them, whatever, whichever pit stop sequence it was. And then his car catches on fire and it's like, what the fuck? Uh, It's typical. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It's crazy. I am getting sick and tired of it. It's I, I was telling it's, it's funny. I told my mom this, I'm like to root for somebody in, in cup that runs 20th. Every, that always seems to figure out a way to, that shit always happens when they run 20th. Every, it's tiring. It's tiring to root for those kind of guys. I know for you when junior was running bad, it had to be a, ch- a challenge for me. It when was challenging. Tony- when Tony sucked for most of the end of his career, it was not good. It is not easy. Uh, the people that have those good drivers are usually miserable and LCD fucks. They don't get it. You don't understand what it means to actually run good in, in NASCAR and in the Cup Series. You need to value that. You need to actually have some respect and understand that it's not, it's not a given. Uh, to be able to run this good and to be that good it's why kevin harvick going after 65 race nearly uh, nearly two year uh winless streak going and winning two races in a row he's he's humbled a little bit he's still a douche but you know like in and he still has a receding hairline but he's still you know a great race car driver you know kyle bush is a douche but he's a great race car driver he's only won five out of his last 118 races anybody think about that he went and sold his soul for that second championship ever since then. He hadn't really been much of anything, even though he's a great race car driver. But people are like, oh, he's not getting sponsors and all. Like, you look at that. Those are two of the best drivers. Josh brought it up. You know, you're, you talk about 60 wins. The next person ahead of him is Earnhardt, senior. That's, that's who's ahead of him. So you're going into the getting the Bill Parcells anointing oil, you know, drivers up been there you know all the ones which every single one of them is in the hall of fame and they've passed well past drivers other drivers that have made the hall of fame like rusty wallace and um the great ned jarrett and junior johnson tony stewart bill elliott mark martin etc cetera, etc cetera, dale jarrett um i mean so you, you look at this i mean i i wanted a rant because it just pissed me off how because right now, I mean, the only thing I would say, I mean, Briscoe is dead last or next to last amongst winners in points. He's only nine points ahead of Eric Jones, who finished 35th yesterday. So he was actually behind Eric Jones. So he was actually 18th in points. He's only, uh, what is it? Was it 32 points? Yeah. He's only 32 points ahead of Bubba. And Bubba's had a brutal, big part of the year was pretty brutal. So you want to talk about a team that's not good, a team that's wasting a spot. It it has all the signs of 2011. I'm like, I, I hear Tony saying, we're just going to waste a spot in, the, in this chase. That's what the 14 car is. But what happened yesterday with that car and where he was, and if he had, you know, I'd have adored Larson, I'd have used him up, and I'd have said, fuck him. Uh, and and I would have ran my way. He insisted on trying to be nice about it and fucked himself over. You know, like you had no problem running over Tyler Reddick at Bristol, and you didn't even win the race. Like it makes I don't know. Like I want some. I want to understand what's going on there. I, there has there's there's shit inside there that nobody's really investigating because I've not been relevant most of the year since winning Phoenix outside of you know, the 600 and a couple other races, but it's something we're going to have to get into. I'm pretty sure we'll have Joe back on to talk about it once the playoff actually gets um, set up. But speaking of that, I mean, right now, the outside of the, the Busher Christopher Busher going and winning yesterday, which would have made 16 different winners, um, now it's getting less and less likely that there will be more winners than spots it's still entirely possible there's two races to go two different winners um which could in theory possibly knock out two of the top four in overall points which i think would be a nightmare scenario for nascar and i can already see the wheels turning where they're gonna go and give a waiver like how they had to do with jeffy with with spin gate the whole thing Um, i mean right now blaney he he was 19 points up going into Richmond Josh now he's 32 uh, mostly because or 26 uh it was 32 he lost some spots uh it, essentially he gained those points on the in the stage points he had 11 to 1 so that was 10 he lost he was in he lost a few points at the end of the race because he ended up finishing what is it he finished 10th and Truex finished 7th um true x had one yeah so I'm trying to see 31 yeah seven yeah so that's what it is um right now as it stands there's one spot open for points blaney is second in points the you know clyde's going to win the regular season and get the 25 or 15 bonus points on top of that uh, which will definitely help him out uh in the playoff for sure. Right now, he has 25, so he would be an easy street, I think, for about two rounds uh, to get through. So, But for Blaney and, and Truex, they wanted more from yesterday. Uh, they both got top 10s. They both looked good at times, but I guess they're happy that Busher didn't win that race uh, because it would have gotten really – it would have been a real sweat for both of those drivers uh, for sure.
1: Yeah, it was – interesting the you know with um especially that caution that we talked about earlier with um Ross Chastain and Kyle Busch well uh Martin Truex was also involved in that and you know if he had taken serious damage in that incident then uh that would have been major for the uh the championship uh and Martin Truex's chances to to get in would have put them in a uh you know win or he, you know a gamble situation for next week at Watkins Glen or um you know the following week at Daytona so um there's a lot on the line uh for Truex here to stay in contention and you know, of course they end up coming back from that finished seventh and Ryan Blaney finished in 10th but of course Ryan Blaney was able to get those stage points so uh yeah, this next two races, I think, for both of those teams, um, it's going to be really interesting. I um, think uh, Trix is probably going to want to try to win here next. Uh, I mean, of course, they're all trying to win, but Truex, is best favored. I think, is probably to win uh, in Watkins Glen. He's won there in the past uh, at Watkins Glen, so this is a good track for him that he could win at, and, um, you know, want to be able to get it done here uh sooner than later because of course Daytona uh, I think Ryan Blaney's better suited for that than Truex uh, Truex of course not really much of a restrictor plate guy uh in his cup of career so uh definitely think um for those two guys uh you know I think one of them's going to need to prioritize one or the other um and if they were to both win in the next two weeks uh and we get that 17th winner we re-rack everything um I I do think yeah both of them make the uh the playoffs uh and then I would bump out probably Kurt Bush since Kurt Bush is uh you know already you know on the edge because of his uh, injuries and everything um, and then I think you know it would certainly um you know shake things up regardless um, of course you know there's wild, wilder things that could happen uh we could see uh Eric Almirola sneak in. Uh, he's good at restricted plate tracks uh super speedway tracks uh so Bubba Wallace he's also pretty good i mean Austin Dillon you know former Daytona 500 winner uh he could uh also get in so yeah uh, a lot of things that could happen here uh you know leading up to uh the playoffs uh the start of it um of course you know chase Elliott, of course uh, already locked in uh and like you said, and uh, is gonna get that that points bonus uh which will definitely help as they go uh further and in, deeper into the playoffs and uh definitely use that nice bonus there at least you know for the first round um so yeah definitely this this points battle is getting pretty tight, even though um you know there's only room now for uh two uh new winners but you Know a lot can happen in these two racetracks. You know, Watkins Glen, somebody could overdrive turn one or, uh, you know, going into the bus loop, take somebody out, um, something like that, or get spun out in the last corner. We've seen, seen that happen before. Of course, that happened to Truex, uh, in, in the past and he got spun around. So, uh, you know, and of course, Daytona, the big one, anything can happen there as well. So, um, these are probably the, the as far as like strategy and, um, Risk factor. Uh, these are probably the next two tracks, Watkins Glen and Daytona, that could provide the most action in terms of those uh, categories. Yeah,
0: sorry about that. I just got people sending money in for the league, so that's good.
1: Um, I'll take care of it after the show.
0: Yeah, that's no problem. I mean, for you, you look at, I mean, Truex and and Blaney; those are the two guys that are most likely to make it in this scenario. Now that um Busher didn't win yesterday uh the likelihood of 17 different winners is getting to be really low um truex has had speed but he hasn't had race winning speed it's almost like i i, I don't know a couple of weeks ago they're like oh that last segment that last after that last pit stop or last couple of pit stops these teams are not able to close i think both of these teams are are victims of that They've been very good early in the race. They've scored a lot of playoff points. That's why they're in the positions they're in regarding points. It doesn't really mean much since, you know, Clyde is run off with the regular season. Um, You know, they wouldn't, it would be a little bit more compelling if one of them was battling Clyde for the regular season title and then they're like how the hell does a guy that has a regular season title or possibly could win the regular season title doesn't make the playoff that would be an interesting thing but as it stands they're both top five in points which I think is worth more than just winning one race randomly um and I say this as somebody who would be Directly affected as a fan because they would probably bump my driver out with that. Um, Kurt Busch would, if Kurt Busch was healthy uh, right now, Chase Briscoe would be sweating bullets um, in regards to his playoff. Him and 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 um, Austin Sindrick would both be sweating. Uh, their situation. Syndrick has got has recently been on an upswing. Was on a lull for a good part of the season. After that, I guess that Daytona 500, that honeymoon period. I guess you know, riding high after winning the Daytona 500. He qualified well at California. And then it kind of went away after that for I don't know how many months. Ran all right at some road courses here and there. Uh, but him and Briscoe, those are the two guys that right now points-wise, are the closest. Um, they're, what is it, seven points apart from each other, and um, they're the two worst drivers that are not Kurt Busch, um, who hasn't run in four races, so you, know, you have to give it with a grain of salt there. Um, two worst drivers that are in this playoff. I mean, uh, the, this point standings that NASCAR gives is garbage. They really need to do a better breakdown than what they do um it's a terrible uh breakdown. you need to go to like um uh, i don't know what the heck that is um uh i mean when it comes to who's gonna get in there i mean Syndric is yeah seven points ahead right now the only person that would really be affected if blaney and uh martin true are another one would be Kurt bush um he'd be he'd be screwed really he would need a miracle he need to show up this weekend on race um and uh, at number one and then he'd have to have a good weekend um if he doesn't win and um if he does win then it doesn't matter either then that puts that puts either briscoe or sindrick on the bump along with you know Essentially, I mean, not real. I mean, I guess at that point it wouldn't matter because that would be a second win for Kurt Busch. Um, It would be about that one point spot. And even if it was a, if the, that would be more on Blaney and, and Truex. But I guess we'll get into that more as we go along. I mean, right now, 10 drivers, they said were locked in, right? After the race on Sunday, I think the, uh top ten uh they said something like that it was uh, the graphic or whatever they had going on NBC was like the top ten in points like or Elliot, Chastain, Logano, Harvick, Byron, Hamlin, Reddick, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, and um Kyle Bush are all gonna make the playoff no matter what they do. So then after that That's the the battle comes after that from Bowman, uh, Daniel Suarez, Austin Sindrick, and Chase Briscoe and Kyle or Kurt Busch, and then um, Blaney and Truex, who are the two big points guys. But you look at some of these drivers here, you look at people who have not won a race. Um, You have Eric Almirola, who's the highest uh, place driver that hasn't, outside of the top two, he's. He's ahead of Briscoe by three points. He's only behind Sindrick by four. That would be an interesting uh, little deal there. Eric Jones is in that mix. Uh, Losing out at Richmond was a big problem. So those two guys are in play. Bubba Wallace is also in play. Um, But he needs a little bit of help uh, points-wise. He needs to actually have a great race at Watkins Glen, which would be something if he actually pulled that out of his ass. Um, uh, Bald spot, Dylan. In twentieth, Busher, Busher would need to win and and he'd need to pass Kurt Bush. That's uh, right now he's only five points behind Kurt Bush, so he's the most likely scenario there. Um so I I mean the the scenarios are in play for a sixteenth winner. It'll be nice. I think honestly at this point I'm I was kind of hoping for the Chris Busher win because of all the cluster, all the craziness that would have come from this next two weeks, also with how strategies would work at Watkins Glen because of some of these teams putting an emphasis on getting playoff points and whatever, um, getting stage points. I think that that would have played a different role, but we will see what happens uh, this weekend at Watkins Glen. Let's move uh, on to a race that wasn't that interesting uh the truck series race at uh Richmond on Saturday night the worldwide express 250 for carrier appreciation uh saw Chandler Smith get the victory and uh move himself right up to the top of the plane standings um he won over his teammate John Hunter Neemechek uh Smith won one of the stages. Ty Majeski started on pole, won the first stage, lost track position, uh, avoided one of his his Jackman who fell down. I think he got into him, but um, somehow or another his Jackman got back up. There were the only three drivers that led on Saturday night. Grant Infinger finished fourth. Corey Heim, fifth. Uh, the 51 made the playoff for owners championship. Uh, Taylor Gray in the 17 truck made the playoff owner's championship. Same thing. Matt Crafton, Christian Eckes, Zane Smith, um, off day for another race. So two out of the last three races, I haven't really ran so well for Zane Smith. So that's something to look at. Carson host finishes in the top 10, uh, Stuart Friesen started third, got stage points, but only finished 11th. And then, um, you have Ankrum who got stage points in both stages. Ben Rhodes got no stage points and is and finished 18th, the defending series champion, two laps down, um, 14 trucks finished on the lead lap. I mean, there really wasn't much to talk about. Majeski dominated the first stage. Um, I'm trying to look at who failed the. follow. Yes. Yeah, so that guy got the ride in one of the, okay. Tyler Hill. Okay. Okay. All right. I was just curious who failed the. follow. But, uh, I mean uh Chandler Smith yeah he led the first lap then Majeski led the uh, first stage there and then um then then from sage they didn't the stage 2 conclusion eight laps how does it take eight laps to that's something we need to probably get into whether it's with Joe or whatever how does it take eight laps from a stage end to get into the next stage there's that just makes no sense whatsoever it's a waste of time is what that is um it's part of what makes stage racing a joke but you know chandler smith led what is it 176 laps and he led from lap 76 he led the first lap and then he led from lap 76 to 250 Um, majeski led 73 and john hunter led one um, only three cautions race only was, it was under two hours. So it was actually very efficient. Um, and then all, there's only been only one truck fell out of the race too, which is crazy. Um, the, I mean, Chandler Smith, it goes back to the whole story. I mean, you know, Kyle, we know Kyle Busch, Toyota wants to keep him, especially because of Kyle Busch Motorsports and having the truck program and building this development deal Chandler Smith's one of their guys you see Christopher Bell he's finally starting to hit that stride and be that guy well Chandler Smith's the next one you have other people like John Hunter Sammy Smith etc etc they don't want to lose that Chandler Smith goes and dominates at Richmond and um essentially he's he's gonna be a guy that's we're going to be talking about here i mean the this schedule is going to be a joke for the next few months but he's going to be a guy we're going to be talking about the rest of this season we've been talking about him all year anyway but we're going to be really talking about him when it counts in uh, october november uh when we get into the nitty-gritty
1: yeah it's interesting how you know this season's played out for chandler smith because i don't think he was really on my radar or any. Maybe it might have been on some people's radars, but, you know, certainly for uh a lot of people, um, wasn't probably like who they would have thought to be the guy here in uh the playoffs being the championship leader. We would have thought it would have been uh, John Hunter Nemechek trying to do what he did last year, but uh it looks like the eighteens having his uh chance at having a title and could potentially level it uh, into a ride in Xfinity either next year or in uh, 2024. So there's there's a lot to consider there in terms of that. Um, but yeah, this race was not really um, anything to watch. Wasn't very compelling. Um, so you know, with with uh, the way the way things played out, um, Chandler Smith of course uh, benefited from having a, a good pit stall and being able to control the race uh, that way and led like you said, led to uh, 176 laps. So there wasn't really much of racing here. And I think everybody across the board could say that, yeah, this was not compelling, very, very boring race uh, to watch. And, um, yeah, it's not, not a whole lot going on here. So, um, don't really have too much to say other than that. I mean, you go look at the, the points, of course, points wise Chandler Smith leading it of course. St. Smith still in, in second and then uh John Henry check in third. Uh, I think yeah, Carson Hosevar, Christian Ekis on the outside looking in for the cutoff. Uh, and then Matt Crafton on the bubble there. Only three points ahead of Carson Hosevar. So there could be a lot of things that uh, uh could happen, you know, um in the next race, uh you know, to, to cut off uh for for the playoffs. Uh, but we'll we'll see what happens. Um uh not sure how well Crafton will do uh going in uh to the next round or going into the next race, but uh that could be tight and that might be a battle that they focus on as you got three drivers who are within six points of each other on on the on the bubble. So uh we'll see if uh, Carson Ozovar who of course has made a lot of impressive runs this year, hasn't had a win yet. Uh can he do something uh in the next truck race to be able to move on into the uh playoffs here. Uh, as we uh, move forward towards the end of the season in the truck series.
0: That's something that we're going to look at for sure. Uh, the battle right now for the cutoff is between uh, Matt Crafton, uh, Christian Eckes' teammate, uh, Carson Hosovar. Uh Crafton's up by three over Hosovar. Eckes is minus six. So those are the three drivers that are on the cut line. Ben Rhodes had a nightmare evening and now is tw- only 21 points above that cut line. So right now, there's a, a strong possibility that two Thor Sport trucks could get knocked out of this first round of the playoff, which would which would suck for them. Um, you know, in in regards to their team making getting all four of their trucks into the uh playoffs itself, and then not um, get knocked out that that quickly. Uh, you know, I mean, the speed hasn't generally been there for the organization. Majeski's had it at moments. Ben Rhodes won that one race earlier in the year. It's something to see. I mean, likelihood of them actually going and doing something when it matters to be determined. I It would be hard to see them actually make anything happen. Uh, but we'll find out at Kansas uh here in a month's time it's going to be a while till we see the trucks again um and then um yeah so right now yeah Chandler Smith uh, leads the points by 2 uh over Zane Smith, John Hunter's 5 points back Endfinger 7 points. Majeski is 12, 17 to Stewart Friesen, uh Ben Rhodes 27, Crafton on the bump 45 points behind. Uh so that's where it is. Uh, Chandler Smith in good stead. He's still, I mean, even with the reset right now, once they reset for the next round, he'd still be behind in points unless he goes and gets another win and wins a cup, goes and dominates a Kansas, let's say, and then he'd be able to pass uh, Zane Smith. Uh, it's a nine-point gap between Zane Smith and Chandler Smith in playoff points. Uh, John Hunter is 17 along with Ben Rhodes, who's won eight stages this year. And then Stuball has 13 points. So those are the five that really have a lot of the, the playoff points, a Jeske and finger up there. Um, and then also Christian Ekis, who has seven playoff points. So that's something we have to see, um, uh, how that all works out. We have plenty of time until that, uh, uh, comes into play. The, uh, Roundup, let's go and get into that. Uh, Roundup, we'll start with Formula E, the Seoul E-Prix. They had a doubleheader this past weekend in South Korea. Saw Mitch Evans win race one over Oliver Rowland for Mahindra. So Mitch Evans for Jaguar, Oliver Roland for Mahindra, Luca Degrassi for Venturi, Jake Dennis for Andretti Autosport, and Stoffel Van Dorn for Mercedes in the top five. John Eric Verne for uh, DS Tachita, Pascal Verlein for Porsche, Robin Freins for Virgin Raising, Antonio Felix de Casa for Tachita, and Nick Cassidy for Virgin uh, round out the top 10. In the second race, Eduardo Mortara uh, wins for Venturi over Stoffel Van Dorn. For the Mercedes team, going and solidifying, of course, his championship, Jake Dennis rounds out the season with a podium Uh, for Andretti Autosport. Robin Freins for Virgin, and Oliver Askew, the American driver for Andretti Autosport, rounds out the top five. Uh, Jean Eric Verne in sixth, Mitch Evans seventh, Nick Cassidy eighth, Sebastian Buemi for Nissan Dams in ninth, and Antonio Felix da Costa in tenth. The uh, final standings for this season uh Formula E sees Stoffel Van Dorn become world champion uh, by 33 points over Mitch Evans. Eduardo Mortara was third, Jean Eric Verne was fourth. Luca Degrassi and Jake Dennis tied for fifth, along with Robin Freins. Um, Antonio Felix Costa was eighth. Nick DeVries, the defending world champion, finished ninth. And Pascal Verlein finished tenth. Uh, Oliver Askew ended up uh, finishing 16th in points, uh, scored in the first race. And then he had uh score in the first British, uh, first of two races in, in London. And then he got points there. In the last race, he finished out of a lot of drivers there. Um, what is it? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight drivers he finished ahead of. So, I mean, a uh, former champion of this series, is only six points ahead of him. Sims, a former winner in this series, struggled for the Mahindra team. He's going back to GT racing. Um, so there is that. Uh, Going into the news, I mean, there's been uh, Antonio Felix D'Acosta's going to Porsche to replace Andre Lauterer. You know, um, there's trying to go through some of these other. Luca is going over to Mahindra for Alexander to replace Alexander Sims. Um, You know, you had Norman Nato filling in for Sam Bird and for Jaguar uh, losing on your Yeah, so there's that. Trying to go through some of these other people that are the Mahindra powertrain. Yeah, they're going to Mahindra powertrain is going to be used by both the Mahindra team and Apt returning to the to the series. McLaren, I think, is using Nissan powertrains. Uh, Porsche is going to be uh, supplying uh, Porsche is going to be supplying Andretti, the Andretti team uh, as well for the next uh for next season with the gen three uh powertrain so that's uh, something to look at. Some of these teams there's gonna be two uh there's gonna be two teams with or multiple teams with the same uh engines and uh so or powertrains so that'll be something to look at trying to get through here going back. Sims going to become massive. In the minute. yeah. Yeah. Well he, he's had he has not done much of anything, unfortunately, after the Andretti time. Uh, going through all this, Sims Formulae exam yeah yeah. Oh, that was a month ago. Okay. Uh, there was other news. I don't know. Andretti, to partner, Jake Dennis. Yeah. And then, you know, Andretti, they didn't say anything about who they are going to put in there, did they? Uh, let me just scroll back into, yeah, they didn't even say who's going to. I mean, it's not, it's not. Oliver Askey's fault. These cars are really rough uh, to get used to and weird. And so it is what it is. Andre Lauterer, um, he's going to be part of the Porsche Penske um, program. So he may be around. He may not be. Uh, getting into some of these other people. For the LNDH, Rosenquist. Yeah, Rosenquist will be with Nissan. Yeah, they, McLaren's going to have Nissan. Powertrains with the new Gen 3 car. So there are there are some pieces. Um Giovinazzi is not gonna be around. Mahindra confirms talks of that, but yeah, so there's that. So we'll get into it later in the year uh when the new season of Formula E starts for sure. Um NHRA at Topeka last weekend. We're getting close to their countdown. To the championship, as I mentioned, um, Antron Brown in Top Fuel winning for the first time as an owner uh, team owner. Uh, you had Bob Tasca winning in Funny Car, so Top Fuel for Antron Brown, Bob Tasca in Funny Car, Troy Coughlin Jr. in Pro Stock, and Joey Gladstone in Pro Stock motorcycle. So, so now he's won back, yeah. So two races in a row. And uh big uh, big deal for him there. Troy Coughlin Jr. going and beating Greg Greg Anderson of all people, uh who was trying to get his hundredth win in pro stock, which would have been huge, but whatever. It's Greg it's it's Greg Anderson, he could eat it. Um the Bob Tasca goes and wins uh round three, even final round and John Force, yeah, well, any so Bob Tasca beats John Force. And um, Antron Brown beats his uh, BFF, uh, Steve Torrance. So so that's a big win for them going into the last. uh, There's two races to go before the countdown starts. So that's a big, uh, big place there. The countdown will start after the uh, U.S. Nationals. They'll be racing at Brainerd next weekend. And we'll talk about it here on the GSP. The standings going into the race at Brainerd. Uh, Top Fuel, Brittany Force is up by 31 points over Mike Salinas for the regular season title. Justin Ashley, Steve Torrance, all four of those drivers already locked in to the uh, countdown. Uh, You have uh, Antron Brown with his win, got himself inside the top 10. Uh, Clay Milliken and Austin proc are outside. So they're only that's 10 points between Brown Milliken and proc. That'll be uh, an interesting battle. Tony Schumacher won at Seattle is um, what, if you take into account, he's 22 points ahead of Austin proc. So it's just over around and not counting play uh, or qualifying points there. And that as well. So it's a big battle amongst those four drivers uh for those last pl- last spots in the playoff uh for sure in top fuel. In Funny Car, the top five have locked in. Robert Height is likely gonna win the is more than likely gonna win the regular season. He's two hundred thirty seven points out of Matt Hagen. Ron Caps is third, only six points out of John force Bob Taska with his win. He's fifth, so they're all locked in. J.R. Todd, Cruz Pentagon, Alexis DeJoria, Tim Wilkerson, and Jim Campbell. Round out your top ten. Jim Campbell is, uh, what is that, Uh, 16 points ahead of Chad Green, and he's 22 points ahead of Blake Alexander. So those are the uh, drivers that would probably make it into the playoff since they run whatever their metric is. I forget how the... I have to go and remember how the playoff works for them, Um, the countdown situation. Uh, In pro stock, Eric Enders still leads the points. She's under 26 points out of Aaron Stanfield. Um, Kyle Koretsky, Greg Anderson, both are locked in. All four of those are locked in. Troy Coughlin with two wins in a row. He's likely, after this coming weekend at Brainerd, uh, he'll be locked in along with Dallas Glenn. Mason McGeehey, Camry Caruso. So two women will make it out of the pro stock class. Matt Hartford and Bo Butner. Hartford is only fifty points ahead of Derek Kramer, who's in twelfth. Um, the Quadra, Christian Quadra uh, Chris is in thirteenth. Chris McGeehey is in fourteenth. I have to go and look at those. I'll go and look at down here in just a moment. uh the top eight in pro stock motorcycle points are locked in now. Joey Gladstone, after two races, consecutive wins on a, a Reed Motorsports uh, Suzuki, has uh, become the points leader. 64 points out of Angel Sampe, uh, 96 points out of Eddie Kraywick, who's in third, Steve Johnson in fourth. So, F- Suzuki's are in the top four. Matt Smith, who's Alternates between a Buell and a Suzuki is in fifth. His wife, Angie Smith, has been on the Buell the whole year. Um, Jerry Savoie and Karen Stouffer, teammates on Suzuki's, are seventh and eighth. Uh, right now, Mark Ingwersen is in ninth, whoever that is. Then um, Ryan Ayler, who is seven points out of Jimmy Underdahl. Chris Bostick. And then you have um, the likes of Kelly Klontz and Gianna Salinas, who's trying to make it in um, to the, the playoff field there in Pro Stock Motorcycle. Um, points. Yeah, so all points. <laughs> Camping Road drive, so Yeah, Yeah, all winners. So contestants is your game's a all- little starting in Gainesville and concluding in Indianapolis, based Uh, on total points earned at every national event. Performance bonus points are run after every session. All no, except Indianapolis in the regular season. Racers in the top four classes earn points. Racers earn enough points to secure within the top 10 after U.S. Nationals. Events with three scheduled qualifying sessions, competitors must have two sessions with four scheduled. Now they've gone to three, so you have to run two sessions if unable to complete. So the races we have secured, the lab there. yeah, so as long as you. As long as you show up to every race and you run two qualifying sessions in each event, you're going to make the playoff. So that's something that we will see by Indianapolis after Indianapolis, how that works out. And we'll get in more into that. We'll get more detail into that for sure um after Brainerd because that's the um that's the next race that they're going to be running uh, this coming weekend. Uh Knoxville Nationals ran uh, $175,000 to the winner and the winner was uh Donnie Schatz. Uh gets that victory over David Gravel, Logan Shuhart, finishes third. Tyler Courtney, Sunshine, finishes fourth. Jacob Allen, fifth. So the Shark Racing team, third and fifth. Um, They had great qualifying speed. Shuhard had to battle. Um, Jacob Allen won one of the preliminary nights. Uh, Kyle Larson, the defending race winner, finished sixth after uh, starting sixth. Brent Marks, who's had a great uh, run here recently, uh, winning at Eldora winning some big money races, finished 7th. Sheldon Haudenshield finished 8th. Uh, two-time defending World of Outlaws champion Brad Sweet finished ninth. Darren Pittman running a limited schedule, uh, finished 10th. Buddy Kofoid finished 11th and won Rookie of the Year. Justin Peck finished 12th. Rico Abreu won the uh, last chance race on Friday night and uh, got into the main event. Um, on Saturday, finished 13th after starting 21st. Aaron Reitzel in the Toyota uh, Powered number 8, finished 14th. Kerry Madsen, Austin McCarl started on pole for the uh, Knoxville Nationals, only finished 16th. He had a cut tire. Carson Macedo, uh former um, winner of this race, and Jason Johnson Racing, um, they finished 17th. Tasker Phillips, James McFadden, Brian Brown, great, uh Knoxville Driver, Justin Sanders, Gio Selzy, JJ Hinkle, and Parker Price Miller, who um suffered a massive wreck in um in that uh in the main main event and uh is in a neck brace, but it looks like he's gonna be okay. So um, you know, prayers to him. Hopefully everything be alright for him in that spot. But um Donnie Schatz going and getting that victory, uh huge a huge victory for him and huge victory for the Tony Stewart Racing team to go and get that for Ford Ford Performance. They haven't won a lot. It's kind of like Kyle Busch. Uh, Donnie Schatz has been uh been on a a downswing a dry a dry spell of sorts. So um, to go and get that victory, get a big uh big money victory, and be one one win away from uh, the great Steve Kinzer for the most Knoxville Nationals victories is, is huge. Um, yeah. Bray hard knocks winner along with Madsen on and Brian Brown. So, um, yeah. So, I mean the points right now, David Brad sweet is trying to go for three year wins championships in a row. He's 68 points at a car. Uh, David gravel, 114 ahead of Carson Macedo, 150 over Sheldon Hodenschild, and Donnie Schatz is in fifth, one hundred and eighty-four points behind. Um the consistency of Brad Sweet is what does it. He's got more top fives than everyone, and he's tied with David Gravel on top tens, uh, sixty-eight points. So I mean that's that's crazy. You know, so there are seven drivers right now so far this year that have run every race. Um, you know Schuhart and James McFadden have run every race or made every main event. Jacob Allen's missed one main event, and Spencer based in two Zier Foss three so those are the top ten uh in the point standings. The only one of the the people in the top ten that has not won a race this year is McFadden as of now we'll see what happens with that. but plenty of racing to go in the world of outlaws season. To see if, um, no, yeah, Brad Sweet, who beat David Gravel last year by so it's the same people, Logan Shuhart, there and Sheldon Honshield. So it's interesting. And McFadden last year was driving for Casey Kane. Um, Sweet beat Shuhart by 46 points and Donnie Shots by 70. So, yeah, so Brad Sweet, oh, so Brad, and he only, oh, so he's going for four championships in a row jesus i thought it was three uh he beat donnie shots by by four points in 2019 it was the last time oh there you go all right so last time that uh brad sweet lost the championship was 2018 so four champion he's trying to go for four in a row he's turning into jimmy johnson oh, that's lovely um so there is that uh we will probably talk about that a little more later in the year uh, getting into charlotte the the whatever world finals and that whole bit there. Uh, MotoGP and Moto2 will be back at uh, Austria this coming weekend. Fabio Quartararo is uh, twenty-two points ahead of Aleix Espargaro, and Peko Bagnaya is third. Uh, trying to see, yeah, there you go. Pekka Bagnaya's third and is coming off of two consecutive victories, uh, three out of the last five, four out of the last what is it, three, four, five, six, seven. Four out of the last seven, but then if he doesn't win, he crashes. So that's not great. Um Espargo has not won. He's finished no better than he won. Espargo won One race earlier in the year, but otherwise has finished no better than third in any other race. But he's gotten points in every race. That's why he's still in this. Um, uh, What do you call Quattroaro crashed in Assen. That's his only non-point score. Those are the top three. Uh, Bastaini, who has won three races this year. Zarco, who has had his moments, qualified well, finishes on the podium a lot seemingly top five when he does finish. And then Jack Miller is your top six. And Brad Binder, Alex Rins, Maverick Vinales, and Miguel Oliveira tied with Jorge Martin. Joanne Meir, your top 12. Some we'll see um, what happens with that in the team's championship. Aprilia is up by two points over Ducati. Yamaha is third. Pramac fourth. And Red Bull, KTM fifth, Suzuki, Sixth. Constructors, April Ducati is well ahead. Um, they're nearly a hundred points ahead of Yamaha and uh Aprilia. So Ducati's gonna win constructors, but then they have more bikes than anybody. That's just how it should work. Uh Moto two going into this coming weekend. Um the American riders. Cameron Bobier's had a rough uh, spell here recently. And, um, of course, um, it's a running year for Sean Dillon Kelly uh, as well. Now, the points battle has actually become interesting now. Augusto Fernandez is leading, but he's only uh, 13 points ahead of Ayagura. who might be going to MotoGP, but we don't know. Celestino Vietti, um, who had a great start to the year. Has been off a little bit. He's only um, what is it for 15 points uh, behind Fernandez. So that's the battle. Those three guys are battling for that championship, and those are really the people that we have to look at. Roberts is uh, Joe Roberts is sixth, uh, two points behind Tony Ar Arbelino for a top five spot. Needs to get another victory. Um, consistency hasn't really been there. I've been finishing in the Back into the top 10. Only has two podiums so far this year. Uh, so we'll see what happens with him. Uh, Beaubier has had uh, what is it? Six, six points finishes so far this year. Uh, trying to get more points here um, as the season goes on. He's only 32 points out of the top 10. Uh, if he can put some point scores together... You know, that could possibly get him into that spot. I mean, there's a guy, uh, Alonzo Lopez, who first seven rounds didn't get any points, and he's had a good run recently, and he's ahead of him. So, something to see as we get into the second part of the season there. Sandown for the V8 Supercars uh, this coming weekend, Um, there's... Trying to get the standings there. Shane Van Gisbergen uh twenty-one, one twenty-one and uh sixty-five. So it's uh, yeah, six one sixty-five and then twenty one eighty-six uh, is the points gap uh, between Shane Van Gisbergen and Anton De Pasquale. Um Will Davis in what is it? So two hundred forty points back in third. Fords are second, third, and fourth. Chaz Mostert driving for and Walken Chandre United. That'll be a Ford next year. Um, Cam Waters is fourth. Brock Feeney's driving the other, uh, Triple Eight Red Bull car and sixth. He is a rookie. So good job by him to be a rookie running sixth in points. Reynolds, Heimgardner, Courtney, Tim Slade rounding out your top 10. Uh, the, uh, Dick Johnson Racing Team, um, New Bandit uh, has uh, new ownership uh, coming in. Uh, an owner from Australia who has a lot of interest in um, sports teams. Brett Ralph, who owns Jet Couriers and owns um, the, the Melbourne Aces baseball club, rugby leagues, Melbourne Storm net team, whatever that is, Sunshine Coast Lightning Basketball, Melbourne United and um, so they're going to be the majority owners of what is now Dick Johnson Racing along and they'll, um, uh, what is it Dick Johnson and Ryan Story the two main uh, players on that team will um, remain in their positions they're showing the um, number 51 boost mobile uh, wildcard entry that Craig Murphy, who used to be the um, king of the mountain in the qualifying, uh, will uh, be sharing with Richie Stanaway, the former sports car driver. It'll be a a Holden. And, of course, they don't show it as a Holden anymore because Holden doesn't exist. An interesting scheme, cool scheme for them. uh, Boost Mobile, Erebus Racing, a third car, fourth card. so... One of at least three wildcars, Triple Eight will field a one for, of course, Craig Lowndes, a great Craig Lowndes, seven-time winner of the great race. And Declan Frazier, Matt Jalen Robotham for Matt Chotta's own team. Uh, fourth car, um Motorsports, might also show up. We're gonna have the plans for one of our border borders, so that'll be good, cool to see. But the wild cards of course have a hard time competing uh, against those regulars and Australia Grand Prix March thirtieth to April second. Okay, third race the third round of Formula World Championship. Got to float in the first three rounds each in the power races and science, Only five season openers between now and 2035. 24 and 25. Oh, okay. Hmm. There being at Melbourne, Oscar Piastri. All right. So, that's interesting. Um, And then the Texas Motor Speedway. Yeah. Um, Josh, I'll throw to you. I mean, I'm outspoken in my hatred of Texas Motor Speedway. (laughs) Um, It's been posted here it's been posted when i used to be on nascast or any format um whatever talking in circles whatever uh but crash gladys um made a post uh the her and her husband uh the um was it um, kenny sergeant uh, they do the uh, speed freaks show that's been around for many years um supposedly texas is going to be reconfigured um since they've ru- i mean to be fair, what? how can you ruin a turd? Um, but uh, they've made it so that Indy cars can't run there. Um, the NASCAR vehicles basically can't run there either. It's been a shithole for decades. But uh, what are your thoughts or what do you think is going to happen? Since iRacing seems to be the place they go to and you are um, the sim racing guy, what do you think they're trying to do here in this spot? Are they going to go and make a Charlotte clone? Are they going to make the old Atlanta? Maybe that that would be the idea. Maybe they go and make the old Atlanta with the long sweeping corners and make it an oval. That would be a, a way to go and make Texas more palatable.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of plays that could come into here um, that could happen. Um, no, I, I think they're going to double down on the new Atlanta concept and go with that. <clears throat> um, it's going to be... You know, another. I bet you they're gonna say like, yeah, we, we think you know we should have a new Atlanta, just like we have Atlanta now. That's now a super speedway. Well, they're gonna turn Texas into a, a mile and a half super speedway. Probably they're probably something like that. Uh, so that's what I'm thinking. Um, of course, it could be wrong. But you know, they like you said, they've made so many changes to it. And actually, what I'm I guess what I'm seeing on Reddit is people. Possibly thinking that uh, Texas uh, reconfiguring could possibly actually um, leave IndyCar, or IndyCar might be left out of it entirely. And I saw saw one comment on there saying that um, yeah, they're going to make it suitable for IndyCar racing finally again. Uh, unlike what what's been there since twenty seventeen, and then IndyCar, IndyCar is not going to be there anymore. That <laughs> which would be interesting that um, it would play out like that, but uh, we'll see what happens. But um, You know, uh, we'll have to see if, uh, you know, with, especially with repaves, repaves don't really, uh, race that well initially, um, some do, but you know, some others is a hit or miss. So, you know, we'll see, uh, what they have, you know, what type of reconfiguration they do, but, you know, probably will still be the same, you know, shitty old Texas motor speedway that it's always been.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they're going to reconfigure and make it Atlanta, then Indy cars are not going to race there
1: uh because
0: it would be like las vegas uh 2008 and um or 2011 or whatever whatever year it was there's was, was, was 2000 yeah i think it was 2000 yeah it was yeah,
1: 2008 and i mean they've already tried because remember 2001 cart or indycar tried atlanta yeah and they had a uh, massive accident there which uh, no, was pretty well, fiery irl
0: yeah, yeah irl was there and then Cart tried Texas and guys were passing out and they had to cancel the race. So there's there's a precedent set in regards to those. And then, of course, you know, the late Dan Weldon's um, unfortunate passing at Las Vegas in 2011. Um, so the notion that Texas would go and reconfigure towards what Atlanta has versus, you know, maybe making something that doesn't exist right now um i think i personally the the only way that they would ever get me to like that place is if they made a clone of the old atlanta motor speedway if they made it that way and you put progressive let's just say you put progressive banking but you already have any like if you put progressive banking you go and work on because there's they've obviously got issues with drainage and weepers and all that and the turns you reconfigure the turns put the banking up but you put progressive banking like how homestead has so you run that high line you know make it you know like only like a degree maybe you know like really you got like 20 degrees 19 18 17 whatever make it that way there might be something to to something there um and that would be good for indie cars you wouldn't have to put uh grip strip traction compound pj1 spray whatever the hell you want to call it uh goo gear grip whatever the, whatever the hell they whatever name you want to have for it um that would uh be i, I would assume it would be palatable uh for indie car and make it worthwhile um but we will see it's texas motor speedway i mean they're also seeing uh california auto club speedway was going to become a short track we haven't heard a peep about that in a long time well so.
1: I, I saw something on that recently um they are tearing down grandstands uh at auto club now uh which leads to the theory that they will uh turn that into a short track um if you know they're tearing down the you know as it has long grandstands from the end of turn four or the start of turn one. Well if they shorten that up, that probably means that they're still going forward with the plan to um uh turn that into a short track, especially you know if the length of the grandstands is gonna match uh the length of the uh short track front straightaway.
0: Oh uh, hopefully. Uh that'll be something. Uh it'll be essentially like having Richmond or Iowa at that point. Uh which those tracks in the Gen Four era, were more suitable to good racing and multi grooves. Ever since the Gen Four era, that's kind of gone away. Uh, trying to make those flatter tracks and make short tracks, you'll go and get separated, spread out, kind of like what we saw at the end of the race there on Sunday and on Saturday night. But we will see. Uh, Indy Car. Will be at Gateway this coming weekend. Uh, points going into this weekend's race at uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway. Gateway um, sees Willpower up by six points on Scott Dixon, who uh, just passed Mario Andretti for second all-time in IndyCar wins. Indy 500 winner, champion Marcus Ericsson, is third. He's twelve points beyond Willpower. Joseph Newgarden. Who's won the most races so far in uh, 2022 is 32 points behind, or what is it, yeah, 22 points behind um, his teammate, Will Power. Alex Pelot is in fifth, trying to defend his championship. We don't know where he's going to be. So that's an interesting uh, dichotomy and all that. Um, Pillow is 33 points behind. Scott McLaughlin, who has two wins this year, is in sixth, 58 points behind. And then Pato Award is seventh. He also has two wins this year. And he ha- he's 59 points behind. Uh, those are the guys, really, that are still in this championship. Pillow is the only driver amongst the top eight that hasn't won a race this year. Uh, top seven of the guys that are still in the championship that hasn't won. of course rossi has won a race colton hurt has also won a race rosenquist uh eight of the top 10 drivers have won rosenquist the other guy who hasn't won uh, but he's had two polls this year polo has had five podium finishes but no wins so i mean you go and look at um gateway and the results over time there I mean, for the ovals, you think about recent IndyCar memory, Joseph Newgarden has been, you know, outstanding on any ovals, but really the short ovals, um, just to go and get into that. I mean, he's won the last two races at at Gateway, and he's won three times overall. Um, Scott Dixon, Takuma Sato, Will Power, all in Elio Castro Neves going all the way back to 2003, all have one there as well. Um, none of the other guys, I mean, Juan Pablo, Ontario isn't going to be running. So, um, those are all the winners. So you have, what is it? One, two, three, four, five different guys that have won at this racetrack. you Think about short ovals, uh, Pato Award, somebody who's done really well there, uh, Ross he's had his moments on ovals uh after that, I mean Colton Huard has been close a few times, but then that's essentially what it always seems to be. Colton Huard is close and then he doesn't um, close the deal. But I guess Josh, you, you let us know what you're looking at for this weekend at Gateway Saturday evening at Gateway. Uh, worldwide technology raceway and who do you think is going to win and who do you think is a wild card for this weekend
1: yeah i mean i think uh you know this weekend um like you said i think joseph newgarden's probably a guy to watch here uh he's won in the past he won in uh 2017 uh and then won the last two points races here uh at at gateway uh think um he's a guy that you want to watch here <clears throat> um uh, i think uh you know another guy uh uh, Scott Dixon, he also won uh, back in 2020, and of course, you know last year he had an a involvement in the late incident uh, during the race uh, with his teammate. Uh, so you know that was a you know that was an interesting uh, turn of events that kind of shook up the championship. Uh, but he, he could be good at at this racetrack, uh, you know, later in the year. Um, Pato Award was another guy that. You know, ran well last year and, uh, can run well on ovals. So, um, think he, he might be up there too. Um, I think you can't, uh, discount willpower. Also, you know, he was on pole last year and, uh, uh, led, led a lap. So I, I think, you know, those guys, I think will be up in the race. Takuma Sato was also ran well at this track in the past, uh, second place in 2020. Um, so a lot of things that could happen. Um, um, I think, uh, yeah, Colton Hurto was also really good at this race last year, but then had an issue with the drive shaft. Um, so he could be up there if Andretti gives him a good piece, but you know, Andretti's been um, all over the place this year uh, with their performance. Um, could see Alexander Rossi up there as well, but, you know, again, Andretti's Andretti. Um think uh, it's going to be an interesting race. I um, think uh, I was reading on racer.com earlier. Uh, they're I guess they're trying trying to put in the high line uh uh try to you know try to uh make it you know multi round racing yeah they're gonna you know run a practice uh running the high line um I think yeah turns three and four I think will probably be natural to run the high line um especially when you're defending but I think uh turn one uh turn one and two you're probably gonna r- run the middle mostly uh, but i i do think you could also try to get a run off the off the high line too uh passing on the bottom is going to be uh really tough uh, cuz that that corner is a lot tighter uh, and um it's uh you know a lot harder to get the drive off on the bottom uh than it is in the middle definitely uh learned that from i racing in the past uh, uh whether it was in nascar or in the car you have to have to really have a a good entry to be able to make a good exit on the bottom uh there and um really to make time, you need to be able to, um, nail the entry, um, and aim for about the middle of the corner on apex, uh, to get a good, uh, drive off the corner and, and keep up the momentum. Um, but I think, uh, for this race, um, I'm going to, I'm going to pick uh Joseph Newgarden to win. Um, he, he, of course, uh, got into fans, uh, you know, bad, uh, graces last week or, you know, a couple weeks ago at, uh, at Nashville and getting a win this week, maybe, maybe, people will, will like him again or well i'm sure he, you know he already did apologize to fans online uh for his comments but um you know certainly um you know win makes everybody feel good so you know think he can win this race and uh put his stake into the championship of course willpower scott dixon are already close together and joseph newgarden is kind of right behind them in that uh title fight there so pick joseph newgarden um and then wild card you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go with uh number 48 jimmy johnson of course uh at iowa speedway they uh they ran pretty well jimmy you know had a good run led laps in the first race uh and then um finished in fifth in the second race so uh i think jimmy can you know continue improving his oval track efforts uh i think uh you know he's gonna run run really well this uh this is a uh I was going to say this is a 500-mile race, but it's really only 325 miles, so I think it's a 500K uh, race here. So um, I think Jimmy Johnson can definitely run up there um, with uh, the top guys in the IndyCar series on the ovals, so expect him to um, try to run up there. Um, I think uh, some of the other guys, like Roman Grosjean, was impressive with uh, Dale Coyne's car last year. Maybe you know if Andretti gives him a good piece, he can um, run up there as well. So um, yeah, I'll go with uh, Joseph and then Jimmy as my pick in my wild card there.
0: Uh, you're consistent. You pick Jimmy. I think every week, almost every week, it seems. Yeah, like I mean, it's a it's a bias. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no. the the point is, I'm a f- you're you are a Dale Junior fan. You're a fan of. I guess that's the thing. You're you're a Jimmy fan in IndyCar, so I give you that's got to be really hurtful because he fucking sucks on road courses. Guys. Well,
1: it's, it's more of a, I want to see him do well. Yeah. I mean, I'm a yeah. fan of him, but it's not like, like, it's not disappointing. Like, Oh, like this sucks. Cause he's garbage at road course racing for the most part. You know, it's, it's, um, you know, I think any good result is positive for, for Jimmy. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we saw him like, you know, if he was able to like run well at Indianapolis, the road course like I think he did um a couple weeks ago. That was good. Or, you know, I think he had a good run going at Nashville last week too. And that was before um, he wrecked, yeah. Yeah, before he wrecked. So um yeah, I'm it's not like I'm gonna be massively disappointed if he doesn't do well. I'm you know, I just I'm Interested into the, you know, the challenge of transforming from a, a stock car racer and going from that to your full-time job being an car racer, you know, two completely different disciplines of motorsport.
0: At 46 years old, after you've yeah. driven for 30 plus year over 30 years, and you've driven all these different types of vehicles, it's part of why I've become a Jimmy Johnson um, supporter. I mean, it's been brutal for him, and it sounds like he's going to be back. Uh, Sponsorship seems to be the only thing that we don't know about for sure. Um, The 10 car, we don't know what's going on with that or who's going to be in that car. We, of course, know who's going to be in the 9 car and the 8 car. Uh, Jimmy, I think, has a job as long as he wants to at Ganassi. um, He's starting to kind of look at, oh, I want to do some sports car racing because now he's trying to hedge in regards to the new GTP, LMG. DH and LM hypercar situation and you know garage fifty six with uh you know Hendrick Motorsports next year, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So we're we'll see what happens with what Jimmy Johnson's gonna do. I mean he's gonna drive for as long as he wants to because he's that good. <laughs> for me, uh, you know, looking at Gateway, I mean New Garden was the easy pick, uh honestly, no no offense, Josh, but that's the straightforward one. Three wins. All of those were top fives and five top tens. Um, average finish of 4.8 and six starts there. Takuma Sato is just behind him. 7.7 average finish with one win, five top tens, two top fives. Um, but I'm not going there. I can't do it. It's freaking Takuma Sato. Um, at that point, I might as well just go and really gamble. Uh, that's essentially what you're doing when you pick Takuma Sato. I'm going to pick Pato Award. Uh, he's, um, and I guess that's the bias in me too. Um, that's my IndyCar driver, but he has three top fives in three races there and an average of 2.3. So he needs a win same way as Joseph Newgarden needs a win. Pato needs a win in this spot. Uh, with two races to go to put himself back into uh, this points standings. He's 59 points out. I mean, Newgarden only 22 points out. If he can go and get his fifth win of the year, he'd be right in the mix. But Pato needs this third win of the year. Um, he loves the short ovals. My wild card is David Lucas, the guy that I picked for Rookie of the Year. Uh, him and um, right now Christian Lundgaard. Lundgaard right now is leading the rookie, rookie points. Uh, he's, what is, it? Uh, uh, what is it, 30, 40, um, 41 points ahead of uh, David Malukas. Uh, Lundgaard does have a podium. Uh, Malukas has led more laps. Lundgaard has a better average finish by two positions essentially um malukas and him have been really good for a good part of the year there's been moments for both of them that haven't looked so good malukas won both races last year in the indy lights at uh worldwide technology raceway gateway Uh so that's my uh my thinking in regards to that he's uh been running well it's essentially the closest thing to a home game that uh, he will have outside of Indianapolis. So, and, you know, using Takuma Sato as an, that fact that he has Takuma Sato as his teammate. um, That's a a big piece there. He won, uh, yeah, yeah, he won both races in Indy Lights there last year. So that's my wild card. He's been close. He's running the fast six on some of these road courses. Um, it would be, uh, interesting to see if, uh, Dave and could come through there. So, uh, my picks, uh, this weekend are Pato award. Uh, uh, I'll type them in here. So Phil picks or, okay, thanks. Uh, so yeah, I'll pick, uh, Pato award and Dave and going into this weekend's race at Gateway. It'll be on Saturday uh evening. The cup series or Xfinity series will uh we'll start with the Xfinity series uh first for uh Watkins Glen. They've been off for a week or so. Forty two uh cars for thirty-eight spots. It's gonna be a tough that's gonna be asking a lot to qualify. Uh forty two for thirty-eight with some of the people that are showing up for this Deal. Um just to go through the initial entry list. I mean Jesse Wuji, well, he's not gonna make it. Um Blaine Perkins, he's taken over for that Maggot Moron, so whatever. Um he'll make it in uh Bailey Curry the four. Brandon Brown's driving uh the five for BJ McLeod. uh Spencer Pumpalley uh taking over for Ryan Vargas this weekend in the number six for JD Motorsports. Uh, Cole Custer taking the spot of uh, Joe Graf Jr. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, it is Joe Graff. Yeah, uh, going through the risk. William Byron in the 17 for Hendrick, Sammy Smith in the 18, um, Connor Mozak, the Trans Am, the TA2 driver driving for Sam Hunt, Austin Wayne Self, another moron, uh, driving the second Jordan Anderson uh, car with his um, family sponsorship. I mentioned a I would assume they'll make that driver change uh, if they really want to make the show. Patrick Emerling for Emerling Gase in the 35. Patrick Gallagher on the number 38 RSS Ford with Steve Addington as his crew chief. Uh, Stefan Parsons driving uh, the 44. Ralph Prime and Josh Balicki in the forty-five uh, with Frankie Kurz as his crew chief. Didn't know he was over there. Uh Stanton Barrett coming out of nowhere um to drive the forty-seven from Mike Harmon. so that's something. Kazgroll in the big machine forty-eight. Now Marcos gonna be driving later this year at the Roval. Uh the uh what did what did Junior call the uh, Roval there? Uh, Josh, he called it the um, uh, Frankenstein of road courses. Yeah. So.
1: um did he say that? I don't remember.
0: Yeah, I think he called it the Frankenstein or, of road courses there last week. Or I'll, something I'll take, like yeah. that. Yeah. It uh, may as he, well be, yeah. He posted it on. It's on the YouTube page, on his YouTube thing. So um, uh, Yaley in the 66. Chris Wright um, going to be a caution driving the 68. Uh Kyle Larson driving a junior motorsports number eighty-eight. So uh, I'll just pick him now. Um I'm picking him to win. Uh Preston Partis in the ninety-one, Andy Lally in the 08. Timmy Hill in the thirteen, probably to fail to qualify, Scott Heckard in the seventy-eight, probably fail to qualify, and uh Ross Chastain will drive the ninety-two for DGM with protect your melon. Interesting. Uh, uh, that's that's a double entendre there in regards to Ross Chastain. Um, yeah, I pick Kyle Larson to win. Um, my wild card for this race. I'm gonna. I'll take a regular in that sense, and I'll take Sheldon Creed. So Larson to win. Sheldon Creed as a wild card. Uh, he needs a win. He needs to gain some points uh, to try and make this playoff. Uh, it's pretty, you know, farcical at the bottom of this playoff, to be honest, there should be only 10 drivers in the Xfinity. I, I've always said it eight, 10 and 12 would be the best setup, which would mean like in my case, being a Briscoe fan in cup, it wouldn't matter cause he wouldn't have a chance really. Uh, but you know, that's what it is. It should actually matter to make the playoffs. I mean, they've made it to where they're expanding playoffs. So that's NASCAR was ahead of that, so they'll be all happy about it. But uh, for this weekend, for this Xfinity race, uh, which is only eight laps shorter than the cup race, uh, Larson wins this, I think. Hendrick and uh, Junior Motorsports will have a lot of domination going on because they essentially have—you count their four cars. You have—they have five cars going on uh, here this weekend. There's there's really uh, no way that they don't win this race. Uh, two Cup guys, and then there are six. Yeah, two Cup guys, and then with the Hendrick car. And then they have Kyle Larson, the defending series champion, who won this won the cup race last year at Watkins Glen, no less. So those are my picks. What are you thinking, Josh, in regards to the Xfinity Series?
1: Well, you took exactly who I was going to pick for winner and the wild card. Because when you were saying wild card, I was looking at the entry list, and I was like, you know, Sheldon Creed looks like he might be a good pick here. And you took him right in my hand with uh, Robbie Gordon Jr. Well, you're,
0: well, that's, you know, well, the fact is once in a while I have the, the, uh, telepathy has to work (laughs) since you're the you're the you're the soothsayer you always seem to make those picks and make them work so yeah i have to hit hit one out of a hundred so maybe i'll hit one out of a hundred
1: yeah that that's true and i mean it's going to be interesting because uh william byron is also entered in this race and they both have the same sponsor and i'm going to assume that they both have the same car design as well so it's going to be the same car design that kyle larson uses on the cup side for his uh paint scheme uh there but um i don't know it's i'm i'm gonna go with the other guy that we expect to do well at uh road courses pick aj Allmendinger to get another road course victory and add to his uh tally of uh the record in road course racing um at uh the xfinity series and um i guess I'm gonna go with another regular here, and uh, I'll go with Josh Berry uh, as my wild card because um, you know we don't really think of him as a road course racer, and like you, you, you picked him a couple of weeks ago at Indianapolis, and so I'll pick him here uh, as a wild card here uh, at Watkins Glen. But we've got, you know, again, like like at Indianapolis, we've got a lot of Cup guys in the field in this uh, in this event, and should make things uh, interesting. Um, so there's definitely going to be a, a chance for you know a little bit of a little bit of fun in this race a little bit of action um and um especially with uh, the cup guys and a lot of uh in the lower the lower level or the you know lower tiered entries uh some road course ringers there too so um you know looking forward to watching the Xfinity race on saturday it's always a good one at watkins Glen and
0: it's been the, uh, what is it uh, the is it still the z- Uh, Xfinity series at the Glen, yeah. So it's uh, it used to be the Zippo 200. 200. I was saying I was going to say Zippo 200, it just but it isn't this year, so they don't have a presenting sponsor, unfortunately. Uh, Go Bowling at the Glen, um, Eric Almirola will be running the Go Bowling car. Um, he's had He's done some good bits with Jason Belmonte at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Um, he's going to do stuff with um, Kyle Troop. I'm you know, trying to go and figure out. A, I applied to try and be able to bowl with Kyle Troop and Eric Almarola. Hopefully, you know, luck. Somehow or another, luck can actually go my way once in a while. I get to go and bowl with a freaking PBA Tour beast who was one of the coolest guys on tour uh, and Eric Almirola, who it seems like is going to be back next year, um, in the cup series would have made it easier for Kyle Busch to come over there if Smithfield wanted to sponsor him. Uh, but yeah, 39 cars for this weekend's race at, uh, Watkins Glen, the, uh, go bowling at the Glen, the drivers that, uh, are the non-regulars, Joey Hand will be in the 15 car for Rick Ware and Ford. A.J. Allmendinger uh, in the 16 car. Josh, of course, picking him, who's the all-time winner in the Xfinity Series for road course races. Danny Kvyat, as I mentioned earlier. Lawrence Esmonds, uh, his teammate in the 27. Mike Rockenfeller, uh, the sports car race driving for Spire. Kyle Tilley taking his usual role driving the 78 go fast not fast car and then uh Kimi Raikkonen in the uh in the uh, 91 car uh Sugarlands oh Sugarlands will be sponsoring O Richard Richard along with ballpark buns and rolls interesting color scheme there I mean, of course, Ricky Stenhouse sucks on road courses, but that's an interesting paint scheme there. Uh, Sugarlands, uh, I think that's where I was trying to, yeah, because the Sugarlands launched High Rock with uh, Junior and his wife, Amy. I was trying to get that, uh, I don't know if I was asking you or I forget who it was. hey yeah, we trying were talking to get about that, that. That moonshine, whatever, that cream, the, the, the whatever, drinking cream. I need to find that. I want to have that, honestly. I, I, I really want to try that. But before I digress on to drinking, since I have an issue with that, um, this field, I mean, I guess before we get into picks, I mean, uh, you were able to go and make this, so you'll have the first picks here. Um, It's a good, I mean, to have nearly a full field is nice, number one, but... Some of the drivers we have in this field are really, really good. I mean, you're talking about Formula One world champion, uh, championship driver, and Mike Rockenfeller, championship driver, Joey Hand, who has done really well in his um, limited drives. Of course, driving a Rick Ware piece of shit, no less. Um, AJ Allmendinger, I mean, he was about to die at Indianapolis, was on the front row Uh, in the last restart, uh, possibly to try to win two in a row there. Um, Those are all big-time guys here in this spot. It kind of goes back to the old road course ringer thing, but road course ringers would always be in bad cars. I mean, to be fair, two out of the four are in bad cars, but um, the way things are in this spot, maybe they're not. Um, you add the notion of the Blaney Truex battle for the points for that last spot. You add Chris Busher, who has been really good recently. Bubba, we don't know if Kurt Busch is going to be there or not. So Bubba needs to do something. Can he actually run well on a road course for the first time ever? Uh, Eric Almirola trying to, on on a sponsor's race, go and come through you know, at Tony's at a place where Tony's won five times in his, uh, career. Uh, there, there's so many storylines going on here, Josh. Uh, um, Brad came out of hibernation. He has no playoff points. He's got minus playoff points. He's with, uh, Michael McDowell. Michael McDowell's another one. who's a road course uh, driver before he came to NASCAR. I don't know uh, how many weeks, uh, uh, screw chief, uh, Blake Harris has been, been suspended if he's going to get him back this week or not. But, um, the fact that he gets a bank, Caitlin Vinci, I don't think he's losing anyway. Um, uh, but, uh, there, they might be another player. I mean, there's a lot of players in this spot. We're talking about this race and in Daytona, it's the most intriguing, uh, cutoff situation we've had in a while, uh, to be fair. Uh, so. A lot to think about, but who are you looking at to win? Uh, Do you think Clyde goes and does what he usually does, which is win on road courses or Tyler Reddick, who seems to be really good at, is it going to be a Chevy weekend or somebody else should we look at? And then somebody that we could look at as a wild card.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, this, this weekend's going to be interesting because there's a lot of good players uh, who can run well at road courses on the regular, like, um, you know, chase Elliott's been established as the road course King. Uh, he's uh, many King titles. He's the concrete King, the road course King and many things, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's good at road courses. You've got, uh, uh, Kyle Who's come on recently as being good at road course racing. Uh, Ross Chastain's actually pretty good or solid. Of course, you know, first went at Coda earlier this year, Kyle Larson, of course, won this race last year. Uh, and has generally run well on her courses during his career. um you got a lot of guys um so there's gonna be a lot of things that could happen here uh this weekend, but you know i'm I'm gonna go with uh chris Buescher here I'm gonna pick Chris Buescher to win uh at watkins Glen I think um get the first win for Brad Kislowski as an owner uh here um I think you know strong possibility that it could happen um you know he's finished tenth at Indianapolis, sixth at Road America, second at Sonoma, uh, at Coda. Well, Coda's the only race he finished bad. At finished twenty-first there, but otherwise has run well uh, on the road courses the entire season for, uh, for Chris Buescher. So I'm gonna go with him as the wild, or as the winner, uh, and then I think a wild card. Uh, um, I want to go with one of the ringers here. And I'm going to go with Mike Rockefeller as a wild card. Uh, I think, uh, you know, he's had a lot of experience at Watkins Glen uh, in IMSA, uh, you know, ran six hours of the Glen, um, you know, recently. Uh, and, I, you know, I think he, he can be a guy uh, you have to watch out for. Not, you know, not a, a, a top 10 or anything like that, but, you know, I, I think a guy like him can solidly put, uh, that car in the the top 20 or around there, uh, for sure. So I think, uh, Mike, you know, Michael Rockefeller is a solid, you know, racer in IMSA and and in sports car racing, you know, he was one, uh, at Le Mans before and, and, you know, he's done really well, uh, internationally. So I think he can come here to America and, you know, and make his debut in NASCAR and do really well. And, um, yeah, I think, um, it's going to be interesting with all, all these, uh, you know, different drivers running, running this event uh, at, at Watson Glen, I think it's going to make it very interesting to watch.
0: Yeah. Rocky is coming off. Uh, I mean, there's people like uh, what's that asshole. Um, what's that loser that's on door bumper clear that blocks everybody. Brett Griffin was uh, questioning his validity to be in uh, this race. Uh, excuse me. He's um a, gtm champion back in 2013 he's uh won le mans 2010 as josh mentioned won championships in fi gt won the 24 hours of nurburgring won gt2 in le mans 2005 G 24 hours in 2005 won overall in the 24 hours of daytona for um i assume that's action express i think he won for action express that year. Uh so I think he's qualified. Uh that would be something if uh Spire actually put a decent car out there. I mean the fact that they put a car that was functional to actually perform for Corey LeJoy at Atlanta was a miracle. Um you I posted, yeah, you put Busher and you put Mike Rockefeller, so you you gave me Clyde, so uh I I mean you gave me the the easy choice. I go with Clyde. Eh, it's a safe thing, but I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna I mean Busher is in the last ten road course races, uh, based on racing reference, I'm just looking at it. His average finish is fourth uh best amongst all drivers that are active. Um I'm gonna pick Tyler Reddick. He had a horrible weekend last weekend. He needs to have a bounce back, go and get a victory uh in this spot. Uh i see tyler reddick as somebody that can go out there and um do something uh go and get that if he can get a victory get a get a third win this year a, and and kind of go and change things up a little bit to be honest in regards to the points if he can go and get that third win uh it would be a big deal for him uh you know of course road america was a big win for him and um, getting into uh, the results, yeah, the, the results that uh, I'm trying to get through on that, yeah, quicker soon, Pocono, Verizon, yeah, you won road, yeah, you won Indy. Um, it wasn't as clear cut there, but he had the best car at Indy. Uh, he had the best car or one of the best cars at Road America. So three in a row for Tyler Reddick is my call to solidify himself into this playoff hunt. My, uh, pick for the wild card for this race. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, it's, it's not much of a reach to be fair, uh, based on what their talent is or what their talent level is. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Gumby, um, you know, two Brad Keselowski guys. I of course I it all goes back to my it seems to always go back to my fandom. So um I picked uh I picked Tyler Reddick to win and uh Gumby as a wild card. Uh if he goes and wins at Watkinsland it wouldn't be a shock. He's a road course ace. Um Penske knows how to win. Penske has been in a spot to win there at Watkinsland many times over the years. Um it's ten years since the historic uh last lap which saw pratt turn
1: oh yeah that Kyle was probably one of to... the best endings ever to a race period <laughs> across when anything
0: bobby, when bobby labani blew an engine and nascar was like oh it doesn't matter he's laying oil down he blew the bottom end of that piece of shit that he was driving uh laid oil down all over the entire track and then they ran into turn one. They're driving sideways. Uh, Kyle Busch got loose. And then <laughs> Brad turned them in the S's. And then they're all him and Marcus Ambrose are going sideways. Yeah, they're like, oh, tracking
1: man. it on a road course. Oh.
0: And, I mean, I was a Marcus Ambrose fan from the V8 supercars back in the day. So I'm like, man... I want Brad to win, but it would be the first win for Marcus Ambrose. I'm like, oh, crap. It's like, and, and Alan Bestwick did such a great job of that call. You watched that last lap. Nobody knew. I mean, I don't know how nobody knew that, but then it's NASCAR and how they go. And, and it's also the way that they broadcast races, how they didn't know that somebody was laying oil down. Uh, but that's a great. That was a great finish. Uh, Brad uh, didn't win that race, but he won the championship. So in the end, it is what it is. Still hasn't. Uh, Brad's never won a road course race, so that's something. Maybe he can go out there and win one on Sunday. But it won't count uh, if he does. That would be something. Uh, Mark Martin, of course, won three straight races at uh, Watkins Glen from '93 through '95 in the six car. Uh, they screwed Wally Dolan back over uh, driving for Bill Davis in the 22 car with a phantom caution to help Mark Martin win that race in 95, uh, 93. Uh, that was the first win. 94 was the last race. He beat Ernie Irvin um, in the 28 car for that victory. That was the last race that Ernie ran before his um, untimely accident uh, there. So, at MIS, so that was the uh, three wins there. So maybe Brad goes and pulls one out of the ass, or else one of the guys that used to drive for him at BKR will go and do it. Uh, yeah, football. Let's talk football, man. Uh, fall brawl coming up this weekend. Uh, the draft Sunday night. We'll have a pre-game and a draft show on Zoom since uh we aren't all able to go and do a live draft together i figure if there was a live draft with all of us um it'd be funny it'd be hilarious i'd drink a lot and um i'd get loud and i'd get rowdy and there'd be a couple other people i would and then there'd be a lot of people that would be hunkered down in a corner like wilson vic josh uh most everybody else i'd be i'd i'd be the entertainment for everybody but then on I would try to be the entertainment, but then in, I would also switch into wanting to win mode. So it would probably be really boring because the whole like Asian aspect to it, you know, we're all analytical. We want to go and win this thing. <laughs> there's there's, there's a lot of us Asians in this league. Um, and then the fact that I live in Edison and one of my best friends, Joe, is a white guy, a little Polak dude, but he grew up with all of us. He's analytical and he's an accountant. So um, the draft lineup for this year, Professor Jay uh, gets the number one pick again. I have an inkling of who he's going to pick. I have a very strong suspicion of who he's going to pick, but I'm not going to bring it up here. Well, maybe I could. Who cares? Nobody, none of the rest of the people other than you, Josh, is going to hear this, and it doesn't matter when you're drafting at eight. Um, I'll just say it a he's gonna pick josh allen
1: oh i knew, I knew um, you were gonna say that and uh, as yeah i have an inkling and i remember this guy's a bill's guy and, yeah yeah well he Shetling. won.
0: let's 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 be clear here professor j um i've got your five stars podcast he talks about indie wrestling um he's a uh wrestling guru he's a football guy he knows he is a He's passionate about his things. He's happier than he's ever been based on his Instagram account. Um, But he's also loving his wrestling and he's loving his football because he's got the best team in the NFL and he's got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And he was going to draft Josh Allen last year at number one overall, which would have looked even crazier than what it would look like right now. But he was going to draft Josh Allen number one overall, and he didn't. he went chalk, and he went to hell because Christian McCaffrey got hurt. So whatever. Uh, number one pick is going to be more than likely uh, Josh Allen, which will be against the green for fantasy football, but whatever. whatever. Uh, Professor Jay has been a competitor for many years in my league, and he's been competitive for more years than not. Um, he's had... Uh dry spell recently same way as I've had a dry spell in winning uh winning um so there is that um Josh is gonna be picking eighth after a second third place finish in the league there he'll be behind uh Wilson and Vic, two of my uh besties who between those two assholes they've stolen i don't know how many championships for me. Um, I would have, I would be a seven, I'd be seven time between those two. I'd be at least seven time. I might be eight time. I'd be ahead of Lewis on one thing in my life, but, uh, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is we're getting into it this week. Uh, you know, Trey Lance for me went and got that, uh, touchdown at to a Danny gray, uh, on a deep ball and, uh, look good. Probably going to be. Not he ain't gonna do much more this uh preseason. We're gonna keep him on ice till week one. Trey area, Peter King's talking about him as the X Factor, as the guy that nobody knows what he's gonna do. He could be Patrick Mahomes, he could be who knows what the hell he's gonna do. Uh I'm just happy that he's the quarterback of the 49ers. I I have not had this much joy or happiness or eagerness to watch the Niners in a long time you have that Josh with Trevor Lawrence you have a coach that can get the most out of him you have great players you have Travis Etienne back so you now have a running game there's there's hope so we actually have positivity going on here For like Vic and Wilson who are Jets fans not so much even though they have a bunch of great draft picks uh, their quarterbacks not is injured. Uh, but uh talk about what you got going on with the Jacksonville Jaguars, what you feeling for this league, uh drafting the eighth this coming weekend. And then um you said you're in another league. Uh talk about all that.
1: Yeah, well, the uh Jaguars on Friday night, last Friday night, they play against the Browns. Of course, the highlight of that one wasn't even the fact that the Jaguars were playing, it's the fact that Deshaun Watson was playing and the fans in section 124 were saying you sick fuck in the stands to Deshaun J- Watson and uh that was that was pretty good content right there. I was laughing at that uh watching the game at home and seeing that on Twitter. But uh yeah, that was that was pretty funny and then of course, you know, the real action on the field. The Jaguars uh offense I think is pretty solid. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had a couple of misses, but you know, overall he was uh pretty solid uh especially his last series got a touchdown on Uh, Yeah, on fourth down they went for it and they did a play-action fake to the right and then Evan Ingram uh, went back to the flat and then they uh, threw it to him and he got a touchdown. So that was pretty good. Uh, Trevor Lawrence also had another good deep throw to Zay Jones uh, who apparently coaches are saying he might actually be the best receiver on the team. Uh, We'll see about that. We'll see what happens, but that might be interesting to watch. Um, uh, Travis Etienne, of course, uh looking i mean i never really seen him play too much in college so i can't really say what he looked like in college but uh he looked like uh a running back uh in in uh, the preseason so far so he was able to uh find the hole and uh drive through it attack it uh in running plays and you know he's able to take the ball as a receiver and and uh make moves downfield so uh looking forward to seeing what he does uh this week against the Steelers and then you know against uh regular season I think he's probably gonna have the most of the load probably going in the regular season is of course uh James Robinson still recovering for his uh his uh torn Achilles but I think it's probably gonna be like a overall for the season probably gonna be a 50-50 split between uh J Rob and uh ETN there so uh it's gonna be interesting to watch uh I think defense uh gonna be pretty solid I would I'm going to say I think they probably end up being close, if not within a, a top-10 overall defense uh, for the Jaguars. I think they've got a lot of solid pieces there. They've um, got a lot of guys that have been there for a while, uh, like DeWan Smoot, who's been a solid piece since uh, 2017. Uh, they picked up Arden Key uh, from the 49ers, who he, he did pretty well uh, in, in his preseason action. Uh, first overall pick, Trevon Walker, uh, again causing pressure. Uh, up the middle, um, or on the edge. I think he's going to be a, a player to watch. Um, I don't know his name. I can't pronounce his name, but he's got fat in his uh, name. He's one of the defensive tackles for the Jaguars, uh, signed from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, but if you got fat in your name and you're a defensive tackle, you're probably pretty damn good. So I think he's going to be pretty good for the Jags. Um, I was, yeah, Devin, uh, well, they, they picked him linebacker in the first, in the first round, uh, Jags 2022 draft. I'm going to just Google that really quick. Uh, uh, Devin Lloyd. Yeah. Devin Lloyd, I think is going to be pretty good. Uh, once he gets some time, uh, hamstring or injury early in camp, but expect to be back for the regular season. And then of course, Tyson Campbell, uh, corner, uh, from Georgia last year picked in the second round, uh, People had some doubts about him in preseason, but so far uh, last preseason they had doubts about him being able to track the ball, but improved over the regular season last season. And now this year in training camp in preseason, uh, he's been able to track the ball pretty good. So um, expect a lot of things out of this defense. they um not going to think as, you know, Jacksonville uh, 2017 good, you know, the Saxonville defense, but I think there's a lot of potential here uh, to watch as we go throughout the regular season. Um, and then as far as our league goes, uh, right now I have no plan as of yet. I will probably just look at it Saturday night and come up with something of who I'm going to select uh, for the draft on Sunday night. Um, but probably the first round, probably go running back. Uh, second round, receiver. Um, look, Probably look for... Um, one of the mobile quarterbacks is probably the best bet to maximize your scoring potential. Uh, And then from there, it will just be best pick available. And then of course, you know, whoever defensive players I can pick up uh, at the end or whoever. So uh, that's, that'll be my plan there. Um, My other league, uh, we don't, well, my other league already had a draft. It auto drafted, uh, and I don't really have as much stake in that because it was a free league. I did not pay any money. Uh, like this league, that I will be paying money, so I don't really, not really, pay attention too much to that. But it'll just be more for, uh, I guess a little bit of bragging rights if things go right. Uh, I don't even know who, who my team is there. I and I have to re-download the app, so I'll have to tell you later who I, who I have in that in that league. But um, I don't, I don't even know if anybody knew that it draft was happening in that league because it just like last I think last week it just got an email saying oh yeah your your league uh draft is starting and it went and auto-drafted uh because I guess I wasn't paying attention but I don't know how many else was paying attention in that one but uh it's whatever we'll go with the picks that I have in that one uh but yeah it's gonna be an interesting year for the Jaguars and you know I'm looking forward to this season and you know I'm Feeling I don't know about a playoff spot, but I definitely feel there'll be a, a, a team that'll be uh, tough to play uh throughout the regular season
0: yeah, to be a, when you have an a draft that happens and you weren't nobody knew what was going on. I'm not so sure about that, but um I try to pride myself as a commissioner after whatever fifteen years doing this to let everybody know. Yeah, I, I do,
1: too. I've commissioned, and uh, I try to tell people when it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, and try to go and have as many people show up. But it usually works out that two or three people miss. Uh, Wilson already come out and said that he's going to be at a kid's party, so he won't be in the Zoom. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one down uh, in the Zoom, but he'll be in the draft. I'm thinking based on what I know, that at least one person won't be there. Uh, Vic doesn't have a life, so he'll be there. I don't have a life, so I'll be there. Um, Well, I'll be drunk because I'll be watching Watkins Glen, and then I'll come back, and I'll be hosting the pregame show uh, at 7 o'clock. But either way, I mean, for me, Niners win against Green Bay, which never gets old. Uh, Trey Lance goes four for five uh in the in the in his preseason debut as a starter and uh i mean uh he he looked great he got the Danny Gray touchdown i mean there's there's a lot to look at in regards to that oh look at her i have to go and follow her um yeah perfect passer rating 4 for 5 92 yards touchdown um you know he's Sam Womack. The third gets two picks, and they went and cut Darquise Denard in the process. Spencer Buford uh, looks like he's going to be playing at a guard, one of the guard positions. Uh, Drake Jackson, who they drafted in the second round. Um, Stinger, Dante Johnson, rib injury. But in the end, um, nothing. I mean, Jimmy Ward, hamstring, he's going to be out. Uh, a couple of weeks, but then it's Jimmy Ward. Uh he, he just got in the top one hundred. Uh, but he also you get my, like, with Jimmy Ward you're gonna have injuries there, uh, no matter what with him. Uh she <sighs> suffered pretty bad hamstring injury and quite a chance he's gonna miss week one. Uh so that sucks. But um it's hamstring trained a few weeks of so the preseason. Brunskill's not gonna be playing uh, McGlinchy, yes, and McGlinchy has injury issues. Uh, Shiverius Ward's not going to be playing for a little bit. Dante Johnson, week to week. Danny Gray got hurt after getting the touchdown. Uh, so Verrett's not going to play until the regular season, probably. Uh, Maurice Harris and Jordan Matthews are out on the IR. So, I mean, the reality of the world is Niners looking good. Uh, Injuries are within reason, uh, considering what you're dealing with in the NFL, amongst other teams that have way that have other injuries that are probably uh, more uh, more devastating uh, going into the second uh, preseason game. And uh, you know, for me, I'm drafting fourth, and in, and in the way I always go about drafting. In fantasy football is I just let it's you take the best available player, just kind of let the board come to you. So, I mean, as Josh mentioned, you probably go running back first round. That's kind of the way to go in my league. I always try to go old school. I'm an old school fantasy guy, so I put a lot of emphasis on running game. Uh, it's the way I played Madden when I used to play Madden or college football, whatever. Uh, you want to have a good running back just as like a pillar quarterback play. You can go down, you can get down into that tier two quarterback and get somebody that can go and make some big points. Uh, you know, so there's that, uh, you want to have two quarterbacks that are solid. You want to have that backup guy that can go and be a plug and play. Uh, wide receivers now in this game, uh, the current day NFL, you, you really could get down uh, into WR3 territory, WR4 territory, get some real players. So uh, running backs, it's really within the first 20 or so. Uh, wide receivers, you can go a little deeper. Tight ends, it's really 5 uh quarterbacks there's probably about 15 to 20 that can do enough so something to see we'll see what happens um and we'll recap it here next week on the GSP in episode 130 uh, along with all the racing as well uh Josh uh, let us know what you're doing in regards to the sim side of things uh and as I go and take a
1: minute here yeah of course uh with the sim side, uh, you know, an iRacing ran, uh, in the Indy cars ran Gateway, uh, in the Fixed series, and that was a struggle. Um, uh, just couldn't quite get the, uh, the runs I needed to, uh, off the corner exit. Um, just couldn't, I felt like, uh, turn three and four, uh, just didn't have the pace as other people did. Uh, sometimes turn one and two I'd nail it, but then there were a lot, a lot of other times I wasn't able to get to the corner quite as a what I wanted and lose time there so it was a little bit of a struggle um but I ran ran a little bit there uh ran uh the 87 cars at Charlotte uh Motor Speedway uh which that was a a tire situation uh being able to you know make it to the end on tires uh taking one pit stop and then going the rest of the way uh you know, being able to make it on, on tires, but didn't really work out the way I wanted it to, uh, made it up to second, but then the right front started to give out and then I started fading. And then eventually, um, I think eventually I had to to take a pit stop and, and ended up finishing lap down, but that, you know, that's all right. That's how it goes sometimes. But, uh, yeah, it was a, interesting race there um you know it was a race of survival trying to uh run uh you know without burning up the right front but still managed to do that i guess maybe i was running a little bit too hard uh trying to run up in second i thought i thought maybe that i had uh saved enough tire this time to be able to make a run uh you know for the lead uh try to reel in the leader but i wasn't able quite able to do that so uh that's all right though. This stuff happens. Uh and then the Miatas uh ran at Summit Point Raceway and was able to finish in third. Uh you know, got, got spun out in the first lap and then was able to make it back up through the field and finish in third place. So that was a good result there. Uh was you know able to really uh attack the corners pretty well with uh the Miatas. It's a fun car as always to, to race in. Um so ran ran some of that. Uh, I think that's what I did last week on iRacing as far as what I actually ran. Uh but this week iRacing looking at the schedule uh I think yeah I think uh maybe doing some sports car racing at De- the uh Daytona road course, the original one, not the repave one, the one with the old pavement from 2008 uh 2009 era. Uh let's see what else what else can we run this week? on iRacing. Uh, and the NASCAR, the IndyCar series, fixed series will be at Pocono, so that might be interesting. And then the open series will be at uh, Gateway Worldwide Technology Speedway. Um, NASCAR course will be at the Glen, so I think I will try that. Uh, I really like the road course uh, style racing with uh, with the next-gen car. Next-gen car drives pretty well on the road courses so I'm going to try to drive uh that one at some point this week uh and NASCAR, yeah NASCAR at Watkins Glen uh 87s at Rockingham that might be interesting uh sports car racing like I said there's a uh, Daytona with the uh, the production car SimLab challenge that's just the uh Ford Mustang FR500 Mazda Miatas and then uh the VW Jettas and uh Pontiac Solstice, that's always a solid series. It's a solid entry-level series for road racing to get in, uh, so probably try to run some of that. Um think, uh, let's see, was other IndyCars, or, well, not IndyCar, but uh, the entry-level IndyCar series. Um, IndyPro 2000, I'm trying to look for that, if they have that one listed this week. Uh, don't see it, maybe they're, oh yeah, Indy Pro 2000 at Road America, so probably try to do that one uh, as well at Road America. Uh, uh, and I don't know, I think, think that's all I've got. Oh, well, the, the, uh, F1, the Mercedes F1 car at Spa, which I have in, uh, iRacing. So I might try that if I feel confident enough in the F1 car, because it is, a, it is a challenge to drive, uh, on iRacing. Uh, they, you know, they obviously modeled it pretty well. And, um, you know, there's a lot of Uh, you know, a lot of things that you have to make happen in the F1 car uh, there. And on the other games, uh, I think I did a little bit of um, a little bit of uh, F1 2022 uh, this week, F1 22 uh, ran, ran just some online racing there, Um, but uh, just a little bit uh, doing console play when I wasn't doing PC stuff. And yeah, of course, as always, you know, of course, uh, anytime I try to stream, uh, I'll, you know, try to have it on here uh on Twitch and of course you can find that Twitch T V slash uh 2 where you can go on there and watch my streams and um you know put notification when I'm on or I'll tweet it out and you can uh watch there or I'll message you like I do to Phil when I'm on and you can watch on there. And then of course of course you can watch on or follow me on Twitter, follow my uh Twitter account at uh, JP Huffine and see all my stuff. there. probably be tweeting about Watkins Glen this weekend. Uh, see what I have to say about that. And of course the Indy cars this weekend talk, you know, be live tweeting that, or at least talking about what I thought about that race and what I thought about the cup race and the Xfinity race. So, um, you'll know, be sure to look out that because usually what I say on Twitter is what I usually end up saying on this show um, as you know, this show being the expanded form of my thought uh, from Twitter there. So that's what I'm thinking, or you can see what I'm thinking there on Twitter. And then of course uh, follow our YouTube channel, which uh, you know, we've been putting our video uh, form of this show on there follow us at uh grip shirt podcast on there, go subscribe, you know, uh, put post notifications on like our videos uh comment subscribe uh whatever you, you want to do uh there for uh the videos so um yeah that's that's all I got uh, of course another great weekend of racing that we had at Richmond and you know looking forward to seeing what what we uh will watch at uh Gateway and at Watkins Glen this weekend
0: Yeah absolutely go and follow Josh he's really good at his craft uh behind the wheel he is an Indy 500 champion don't forget that um he, yeah, is never good forget at, that. Uh, he is good at. He uh, is good at fantasy sports. He's also good at prognosticating, and he hasn't brought out. I mean, we're. I guess we should preview this. You're gonna bring out the algorithm next week because it's Daytona.
1: Daytona. Yeah, I think I think we have to. Yeah. That's, yeah. So.
0: The I'll algorithm will, for episode 130, it's going to come out of hibernation. It only comes out for the super speedways. And I guess we're going to have to start looking at some of these road courses as um, the sausage and peppers is done there um, in the background. But um, but yeah, I mean, the algorithm has picked multiple winners. Uh, so be uh, stay tuned for that for next uh, episode, episode 130. Um you can find me at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter. You can find us at grip strip pod on twitter uh we have tickets. We had tickets last week for Richmond. Unfortunately, nobody uh decided to take them They were good tickets there was plenty of seats available so uh we got tickets from map three sixty uh co uh we'll have tickets this coming weekend for Watkins Glen as well uh posted on that so we have, um trying to go and get through here, yeah, Map360 Collectives instead of Map360 Co. So we'll have tickets for Watkins Glen. We'll have this, hopefully have this show posted uh, Wednesday. Uh, so if you are interested in going to Watkins Glen this coming weekend, hit us up. Either hit myself or Josh up uh, for that. We can go and forward you those tickets. Uh, the tickets are good. They're good seats. Uh, and they 're free, so um, it 's a promotion that we 're doing here on the Grifter podcast so uh it is that's it 's for us for for the fans, for the people that listen to us, for the people that uh go and support us here on the Griffith podcast. Uh, you can follow the Griard podcast on Apple, Amazon. Spotify, Podbean, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Verbal, and of course on YouTube. Uh, yeah, basically every episode for a while. I think at least this year, except for one on on our YouTube page. Uh, J- Josh is uh, taking care of it on that side, um, so we can you can go and watch us doing this show. Uh, you can go and see um and listen to us that way you can also listen to us um here on whatever podcast audio platform you prefer uh, with that we will be back next week um next week in um for episode 130 of the Gripture podcast we will go over uh the racing at Watkins Glen for Cup and Xfinity. We'll also discuss indie cars at uh, Gateway Worldwide Technologies Raceway. Uh, we'll also go over MotoGP, Moto2, Supercars, NHRA, and anything else that will be coming up uh, the following week. Uh, Formula One will be back. Uh, so we'll be previewing Formula One after the summer break. The summer break will be over uh the Bel- belgian grand prix will be coming up next week um so we'll preview that uh, i'm trying to see if i can coordinate uh side hustle projects going on there but either way we thank you for listening to Gripster podcast uh for josh i'm phil we'll be back next week we'll talk football we'll talk about fall brawl draft how we feel about our teams as well Um, along with our actual teams. we'll talk about our fantasy team here next week, uh, here on the Gripture Podcast for episode 130. So for Josh, I'm Phil. Thank you, as always. Um, God bless. Take care of one another. And we'll see you next time.